Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, The Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. Morning, the sports animals with Gary Dickman and Chris Hart are on the Bobby Curran show on ESPN Honolulu. Our top stories is it's uh, midweek as we get ready for Wyoming football coming to town. Now, this is a Wyoming football team that uh, will say the caliber of talent is uh, much better than Colorado State, Nevada, and San Diego State. The Bows are going to have their hands full. They are a much better team. The Wyoming team that really ran the ball effectively last week, and maybe that was a little bit uh, something that not typical of them because they averaged about 173 a game, but last Saturday, 330. So that's a little scary. Woo! All right. Uh, the Rainbow Wahine soccer team is at it tomorrow. I thought we had a home game for some reason, but uh, Coach Bud and her gang facing the UC Irvine Anteaters uh win and you're in as far as the playoffs go for the university of hawaii it all comes down to tomorrow at four o'clock you know you control your own destiny so that's a good thing if you lose your route if they tie i think there's a way they could still get in uh Mm -hmm. depending on what other games how other games play out but if you want to just win and take care of business and get in that tournament and stay on the road a little longer yeah it is their destiny to stay in business and uh, we certainly uh, root them on. Do you know if that game's going to be on uh, ESPN Plus or anything? I didn't see anything listed for ESPN 3 or ESPN Plus, not yet. All right, so it should be at least at BigWest.tv or something like that? Yes, uh, BigWest.org, I believe, is what it is. So I'll we'll have to check on that. Yeah, hopefully it's on there at least. There is a BigWest.tv. I think it just redirects you to okay. .org, but uh, either one will work. The Boston Celtics forward Jalen Brown and Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald have left uh, Kanye West, well, uh, yay, formerly known as Kanye West's agency, Donda Sports. The uh, things that, you've, I don't know if you've been listening uh, to our radio station, kind of in the midday, our family of radio stations, one of the big topics around the country has been uh, Kanye with what he has said about, um, oh, basically it was it's anti-Semitism. I mean, it's basically... The um, against how how Jews own Hollywood and don't you know be owned by them. It's a bad example of paraphrasing, but you've heard what he said, right? I've read it over and over again, and he is losing businesses left and right. Adidas dropped him. You mentioned the two pro athletes and uh, other companies as well. He's no longer a billionaire as a result of all these financial losses that he's getting, and to me, rightfully so. <laughs> yeah and so uh anyway it's um these are a couple of guys i'm i don't know who else he has on his roster at donda sports i jalen brown initially was going to stay and he said no you know what after it, it i guess it, after it got 
too heated. Adidas dropped him. Jalen Brown said, yeah, it's a, somebody somebody whispered in his ear and said, yeah, you got to distance yourself from that guy. Yeah, a lot of people are doing that. He even said Kanye or Yee the other day saying, well, I know Adidas. One thing about them, and I'm paraphrasing here, they can't drop me. They can't do that, and they just did. So, I mean, he thought he had that company. He could say whatever he wants. But Who's Yee? That, Who's Yee? That's what he goes by. Yay. Yay, yay, yee, tomato, tomato. Not really. He pronounces his name yay. You pronounce it yee. Uh, you have a, have a few other names. It's his him. It's his destiny to, uh, anyway, you know what? The, the guy, to me, he's suffering from some kind of melt- mental illness. He said he's bipolar. I don't, whatever it is, the guy needs help. I mean, he, he, he really needs help. Anyway, he kind of our kind of our top headlines here on ESPN Honolulu. I want to get back into uh, University of Hawaii football. By the way, Call the Coach is happening tonight at Ruby Tuesday in Moanalua Shopping Center with John Veneri, Timmy Chang, and hopefully you. All right, Wyoming football coming to town. The Paniolo Trophy is up for grabs. What do we know about Wyoming? They're a team that's again coming off a nice win last week. Four up, I think five and three right now, uh, trying to get bowl eligible. Last year, Hawaii knocked them out of that position. And again, their running game looks to be really strong. Their passing game, with their passing numbers, only averaging about 153 yards a game. So it's it's kind of like an even balance. They're rushing for about 172, but as I mentioned, 330 last week. The strength also on their offense is their offensive line, only letting up nine sacks in three games. That is pretty impressive. They've done a good yeah. job. They're the number 10 in the country, or in the yeah. top 10 of the country in that area. I'd say that Hawaii's offensive line has played pretty well as uh, too. They're giving up what one sack in the last three games. That's pretty sporty. That is. I think we have done a good job there for Wyoming. They're averaging, I think, one point one two a game. Uh, Who are some like. of the stars to watch out for in Wyoming? I don't think they have a lot of stars, but their quarterback Peasley. He, I think, he was the quarterback last year. He oh. seems to be doing a good job for them. Yeah, he's one of the. I don't know. He's that. He's that accurate a passer. And maybe one of the reasons they only have, you know, whatever they have, what, 153 yards passing. He's he's not an accurate passer, but the guy to really watch out for, Titus Sven, uh, the Mountain West Offense Player of the Week. Yeah. There's the guy to watch out for. That's what I was trying to get at there. I remember him last year as well. I don't think he had a great game against Hawaii, but they he, he had a good running back. And, again, when they ran for 330 yards, well, what Hawaii led up last week, 220 against a poor running team in Colorado State. That, I think, is the main concern for this team on Saturday. I mean, getting the offense on track, of course, but the defense has got to stop the run. And we saw what New Mexico State did, especially early in that game, but it looks like the defense improved in that area the next three times around, starting with San Diego State. They're going to have to do the same thing against Wyoming because that's not going to be easy. And if they're able to control the ground game, I mean, it just you know keeps our offense off the field as well, keeps our defense on the field too long. So I think that's number one one the priority there is stopping that run yeah the uh you didn't say the quarterback was there last year did I, you i yeah yeah i thought no yeah, he, wasn't. he wasn't he wasn't no I remember that name okay um <laughs> anyway the um wyoming is uh, coming to town and hawaii you know i think we're past must win games as far as the program goes i mean you yeah. want to win as many as you can but and there were we had three i think must win games and we won one out of three and you know going with annoying sayings it is what it is we're past that 
you know, we had the pre, we had our um, non-conference season, and then we all rooted. Yeah, here we go. It's a, another. It's season number two, conference season, totally separate. And we kind of fumbled through that, not literally, but uh, because turnover-wise, we're doing very well. But you know, we we couldn't really take off there, and uh, we got one win in um, non-conference play. We got one win so far in conference play. I have a feeling, and I don't know why. But I think if Hawaii can put together what they did, granted it was against teams that aren't as good as um, Wyoming, but if Hawaii can put together, I'm not saying we're going to beat Wyoming, but I think we, uh, I hope, I guess. I don't know if I think, I hope. Hawaii can put one more together, one game where you have total offense plays like the offense can, the defense plays like the defense plays. Who knows? Maybe Wyoming's going to come into town overly confident. I don't know. But it's still, it's not... It's a team worth watching as we watch for maybe not wins and losses. It's a team that we watch for, you know, continual improvement. I know people have said that before, but really when you're going out to the game and you're watching and you're listening on the radio, you're watching it on Spectrum, you're in there uh, at the game in person, watch for improvement. Watch for how the defense plays. See if the defense, like you say, can stop the run. Hey, there's a successful three and out. See if Hawaii can get better than 25 to 30% conversion rate on third and fourth downs. That's the kind of thing that we're kind of watching for at this point. So it still makes watching Warrior football, it still makes it fun. Uh, there's a point to it. And, you know, if you, I don't know, there's there are a lot of people who aren't angry but they've they've lost a lot of eyeballs and it's not because they're angry at the coach or anything like that it's just hawaii isn't very relevant we're one of the bottom 10 teams in the country again so hawaii ha- isn't that relevant anymore where i'm in a volleyball game and the lady turns around she's all oh it was a football game today did they win that's i think that's where we're at with a lot of the population it's it, again i mean the program was torn apart by the previous regime, and we got to build it back. And it's, and it's not going to take – we all said this in the beginning of the year. It's a building process, right? It's a rebuilding yep. process. So Hawaii's in two and six in the season, and, and there are some people that are like, oh, we'll fire the coach and all of that. All I'm saying is, hey, you know what? Just go and enjoy the enjoy a football game. Enjoy a Division One football game in person. We'll get to the wins and losses next year. Only three more home games left, and I've been saying as well, when you realize what the last two years were like from a fan's perspective, not going to any games in 2020, very limited in 2021, I'd be ecstatic, and I love going to games, and I love seeing the fans out there, so I think people should remember what it was like the last two years, and like you said, just enjoy yourselves, have a good time, and it'll be over as far as the home games before you know it, and then we can look forward to next year, but it is entertaining if nothing else. Uh, nothing like being at a live sporting event. And uh, the games have been dramatic, unfortunately, with the two losses in conference play, dramatic right down to the end. But so close to – and Timmy said it in uh, Stephen Sy's article in today's paper, you know, a couple of plays away from getting two more wins. And, you know, that might not be as important to some people now looking back in hindsight, but I think it shows how, how much they have improved and how competitive they are. And I know people are going to bring up, well, you know, these teams haven't been that good, the last three teams we played No, no, in the they've conference. been bad. They're bad. They're, they they're are. The worst. Look, the Mountain West is, this year is a terrible conference. We played the worst 
of the teams in a terrible conference. Again, it is what it is. So, no, we're not going to – I'd hate to people to believe that, hey, you know, we, 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 you know they're, they're not that good. But, no, these are bad. These are bad football teams. The Mountain – I don't know what happened in the Mountain West. They're, it's, conference-wise, it's horrible as a whole. Anyway, the worst, worst, I've ever, worst I've seen it definitely since Hawaii joined. Anyway, not that good. But 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 again, but you people again when you talk about the other teams being bad, and nobody can debate that or dispute that that they are bad teams. But if Hawaii is supposed to be one of those teams as well, the fact that they've been neck and neck in every game right there with these teams, I think it just shows from yeah, where they. I think in September yeah. they wouldn't have won those games if they played yeah. the way they played in September. They played in October those three games. I don't know if they'd even be one and two, and the two losses wouldn't have been as close as they were three and two point, uh, four and two points. And that's a good way to look at it because I mean that's that's exactly what um, that's exactly what we're talking about is that you know how would how would we have done if we started with those three games? Definitely, and I think also if we played the way we're playing in October and September, we beat New Mexico State. I don't know about any of the other games because Western Kentucky was a pretty good team, and Vanderbilt. We know they're SEC and bad in the conference, but they're still a Power Five school. Maybe they would have been more competitive. But I like seeing the team get better. There's talent there. I I I, I wish that almost like they could start the season over. I know they can't do that. So I'm hoping that all the guys that are on this team that are eligible to come back next year do, because I'd like to see what they do after a full season with this coaching staff and everything else that goes into it, because I think they have shown that there is talent there. They have gotten better. And if this group gets to start again, maybe not every position. I know what some people are thinking, even the quarterback. Yeah, that's a tough one. That, that's what? the toughest one. It, uh, what, my point, as far as everybody coming back to start next season intact as they are now, because I think no. they play a lot better, no. but I don't know about no. the quarterback position. No, you can do better at quarterback. You can do better at um, – you can do better all the way across the board. You can definitely do better on the defensive line. You have no choice, but you have to replace an entire uh, – be, besides Solo Vite, Puli, Pulu, Pulu. Be, yeah, by, besides him coming back, everyone else is gone. You're going to have a brand-new offensive line next year. That's what you – you know, so I don't know that you, – if, you, if you're saying the best we can do is Braden Shager, nothing against the kid, even if he learns the run-and-shoot offense. Uh, he's not he, – he's not a quality Division One starting quarterback. I, I mean – you know, I mean, you can you can you can hide some of that with a great system like the run and shoot, in my opinion. But I think we would strive to have um, um, more accurate thrower. Number one, um, maybe a, a little more athletic guy. I mean, it's not the end of the world if Braden Shager is a quarterback. Hawaii could still win a lot of football games. But you know, to me, I want to see a Bryant Moniz, a Timmy Chang, a Colt Brennan. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to see Greg Alexander or Max Wittick or all these kinds of guys. I'm hoping for higher. Now, hey, who knows? Maybe Braden Shager uh, will shut my mouth and improve greatly for the rest of the season and the off season and come back and be a stud. That could happen. But um, I think I don't know if we strive to have the same thing at quarterback. No, I said except for maybe the quarterback is what I was saying about that. That's a position I understand where you have to get an upgrade, either upgraded play or an upgraded player or more yeah, on the roster. that's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. 
And I feel bad thinking that way, but it has been obvious that's been a weakness for this team this year. You can't mm-hmm. say – I mean, again, I think we, he showed some improvement, especially that Nevada game. Uh, but last week, definitely a step backwards for the offense overall and especially Shager. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, you know, they can get better, and I still think there are some wins there. I know wins aren't the priority, but I'd like to see this. I don't want to see him finish with double-digit losses. And, you know, two, uh, you know, four and nine well, sounds a lot better to. than three and ten. We're go- Gary, we're going to have double-digit losses. <laughs> and it's okay. That's not what I'm – that's my whole point of this whole segment was don't worry about the wins and losses right now. That, and, and that's, you know, that's my opinion. You have yours, yeah. obviously. But, um, yeah, I'm, you know, I hope for wins just for the psyche of the players and the team. I hope for wins because it'll benefit recruiting. Um, you know, I hope for wins. But if it doesn't, my football life isn't shot. I think we have to have smaller goals because of the total cleanup job that Timmy Chang has to do. Anyway, it'll be interesting for Call the Coach tonight. Oh, by the way, congratulations to El Manning, uh, who was invited to play in the invitation-only East-West Shrine game. How about that? that? Yeah, good job. Yeah, congratulations. So, uh um el manning uh hopefully maybe he could uh get into a camp as the pro this is the pro uh, pro scouts are going to be there now there's the east west shrine game what's the other oh the senior senior bowl, bowl. the senior bowl is the one that you want to be at that's the number one all-star game and uh number two would be the east west shrine game so while there are scouts at both um you know it's still it's still way better being invited to the game than not yes. being invited to the game true all right, so we got Call the Coach tonight with uh, Timmy Chang, 6 o'clock, Ruby Tuesday in Moanalua Shopping Center. You can come on down and join us and uh, have a great – oh, I wonder what the special is this month. What's the special this month at Ruby it is Tuesday? Buy two hamburgers, get the third one free. It's for all of October. All right, so you can buy a couple of hamburgers, take one home for lunch the next day, or if you're just like, um, you know, wimpy and you're just really, really hungry, <laughs> you know, uh, anyway, I like come, that. Come on down. Uh, you can listen to the show on ESPN Honolulu or your smart speaker. You can watch it on our social media platforms. Or just, it's better yet, come on down and support the Brotherhood. It's brought to you by PAXA, Ruby Tuesday, Hawaii, IBEW Local 1186, Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union, and Hawaii Pacific Health. Oh, also, thanks to HGEA. Gary Dickman with Chris Hart here, and I don't think we've ever had a New York Times best-selling author on this show before, except for our guest when the last time he was on, and not only a best-selling author, but it's been with 10 books. We'll talk about some of them. The newest one just came out yesterday entitled The Last Folk Hero, The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson, and he joins us here on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia Hotline. Jeff Perlman back with us. Jeff, good to talk to you again, and tell us a little bit about this really interesting book that just came out yesterday about Bo Jackson. Wait, first I want to say, you know, part of the deal was you, I would come on because I'm this best-selling author, but you said you would fly me to Hawaii, and I never got the tickets in the mail. So I'm a little got lost. It got lost. Oh, they got lost. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for having me. This counts too. Um, yeah. Well, my, you know, Bo, the biography I wrote is uh, it's about Bo Jackson, one of my childhood heroes, the greatest athlete in my opinion to ever walk the earth. Uh, as many of your listeners probably know, you know, Major League Baseball All-Star, NFL Pro Bowler, Heisman Trophy winner at Auburn, 
um, and kind of just vanished off the face of the earth at one point. And um, I really wanted to dive back into who he was and how he became what he was. Was there anything surprising that you learned by talking with Bo Jackson? Again, this book was in the making for about two and a half years now. I mean, yeah, I mean, I interviewed 720 people. So I, uh, if I had nothing surprising out of that, I must be the worst reporter in the history of the planet. Um, there, yeah, I mean, I was blown away by the level. Of, this is going to sound dumb, but we all knew he was a great athlete. But, like, just real quick, I always run this off, and it's kind of mind-blowing. He ran a four one three forty at Auburn, right? Which is pick the fastest guy to ever be in Hawaii, and Bo Jackson would beat him in a race. He was faster than Tyreek Hill is right now. He reports to the Raiders. They have him run the forty on grass in pads. He runs a four one nine and a four one seven. When he was a senior in high school, he won his second straight Alabama State decathlon championship, set five individual track and field championships. The day after he won the decathlon, he uh, he pitched his only game of the year for the high school baseball team, struck out 13 in a play, state playoff game. He stole 90 of 91 bases in high school, <laughs> set the all-time American single-season home run record for a high schooler with 20 in 25 games, and he missed seven games because he was doing track and field. He won the Heisman Trophy. He, uh, I mean, you know, he's a baseball all-star. He won the all-star MVP in 1989. He's just the best. He was Olympic-caliber sprinter. He's the best athlete to ever walk the planet, and I don't even know if there's a close second. Yeah, the numbers you mentioned with the 40 time, and I've read some of those stories recently about that, incredible. I remember the baseball, I mean, to play any pro sport is quite an accomplishment. To play two, and especially at the same time, even more so. And I don't think anybody can forget, I believe it was in the All-Star game when he kind of climbed the wall uh, making that catch in center field, one of the memories I have of Bo Jackson. Is there anything as far as his life and career as a pro athlete that – Again, maybe something a little bit different than what maybe the perception is of Bo Jackson. Yeah, well, first of all, that get the, when he climbed the wall, that was actually in Baltimore. And okay. uh, the, the thing that's amazing about that, he climbed the wall. He got so high up the wall. And if people don't know what we're referring to, you should go on YouTube and just put in Bo Jackson and wall. He got so high up the wall that the Orioles bullpen, which was behind the wall, the people sitting there like recoiled because they saw his head and thought he was going to stumble over the wall. Like, that's how high <laughs> he got climbing a wall. But, um, I mean, his backstory is amazing. He's one of 11 kids born in abject poverty to a single mom who worked as a motel maid. He had a severe, severe stutter. He was held back mm. a grade. He used to he was so poor, he lived in a house without running water. There was an outhouse that they would have to use the bathroom with tar paper on the roof. He wore his sister's hand-me-down shoes, uh, hand-me-down shoes to elementary school. And if there were no hand-me-down shoes, he would show up in socks. He got his nickname, Bo. His, name, his real name is Vincent Edward Jackson. His nickname, Bo, is after boar hog because when he was a kid, he and his friends famously beat the crap out of hogs with sticks. And they started calling him boar hog and then Bo. I mean, his backstory is amazing. His rise is amazing. Everything about that guy is just otherworldly. We're talking with best-selling author for the New York Times, Jeff Perlman, here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. The book is out as of yesterday, The Last Folk Hero, The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson by Jeff Perlman. I know you're doing a mini book tour in Alabama. What is the response like there from some of Bo Jackson's fans over the years? I think so far it's good, but the book just came out yesterday, so we'll see. I mean, there's, you know... When he was at Auburn, this never came out when he was playing, and it doesn't. It feels very quaint now, but like all of those SEC scores were paying athletes left and right, and you know Bo Jackson was no exception. They were handing 
you would you would come off the field after games, and boosters would be there to give you handshakes. They would give the Auburn players handshakes, and in their hands would be wads of hundreds. You know, they would um, the players, all the players back then were given four tickets to every game, presumably to uh, for their family so they could watch them play. They would sell them all back to the boosters for thousands and thousands of dollars, and like. It's kind of funny, though, man. You know how, like, it seems scandalous at the time, but when you think about it, Bo Jackson, one of 11 kids, dirt poor, like, he deserved to be getting paid. Auburn was making so much money off of Bo Jackson. The jersey sales alone they ended up ex- expanding the stadium based on the numbers they were doing when he was there. So the idea that he was even controversial, that he was getting paid some money under the table, is sort of ludicrous. Like, he deserved – he was making millions and millions for that university. Imagine if there was an NIL deal back then when he was playing. Oh, so if there was an NIL deal, not joking. Bo Jackson would be a multimillionaire in college if there yes. was an NIL deal back when he was. He was, I mean, you were, he was the biggest thing in sports. He came, you know, this was a time like Herschel Walker, the same thing. These guys came along when you didn't hear about everyone. Like, it wasn't like mm. you could be in Hawaii and watch the Delaware-Youngstown State game on TV. You only got certain games. So... Bo Jackson, Auburn, enormous. Herschel Walker, Georgia, enormous. Doug Flutie, Boston. Singular icons. Hey, Jeff, I do want to ask you while we have you, uh, we haven't talked to you in a while on the show, but you also wrote the book Showtime, which turned into the HBO series Winning Time about the L.A. Lakers. What were your thoughts on the TV series and any other takeaways from the Lakers' experience of seeing them over the years? I mean, first of all, I will give you this great advice. If you ever write a book and HBO comes to you and says, we're thinking of making a TV series on your, uh, on your show, what do you think? And they say, we'll pay you to do it. We'll let you be in it. We'll let you be a producer. Make sure you always say yes. Because <laughs> it's like the greatest experience ever of all time ever. It's been amazing. It's been fantastic. Season two is coming out next summer. Um, I live out here in Southern California now. I'm from New York. What the Lakers are now is pathetic. It's embarrassing. The whole Russell Westbrook experiment has just been a disaster. In a way, the LeBron experiment has been something of a disaster, even though they won the bubble year. Um, it's, it's a sad, sad tale of how the mighty have fallen. You could almost write a new book called Losing Time, the way they have, especially last year with a 33-49 and 49 record. Would you say, though, that the TV series is pretty much spot on with what you wrote about? I mean, yeah, it's a dramatic series, though. It's kind of like asking... I'm not using this as an excuse. I'm being sincere. It'd be like asking Buzz Bissinger if Friday Night Lights is true to the book or, or is Rudy true to Rudy's experience. Like, there are – it's a dramatic series, so there are exaggerations and there are leaps and there are, you know, narratives that are extended and stuff like that. But I feel like – I'm not just saying this. I feel like they really, really, really went out of their way to capture the spirit of that time, the characters of that time. The casting is amazing. I feel really great about it. I do. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. It's been a great series. We'll look forward to season two again. The book, though, is out as of yesterday, The Last Folk Hero, The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson, wherever books are sold. Jeff, thanks for spending a few minutes with us. We enjoy your writing. We enjoy having you on the show as well. All right, next time, fly me in, okay? Oh, definitely will. Definitely will. Take it will be in the mail. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Take care. Uh, thank you, Jeff Perlman, joining us here on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia hotline at Aloha Kia. You know a guy. All right. I haven't read a book. I think the last book I read was Charlotte's Web. Anyway, uh, good stuff there. Thanks, Gary. want to let you know that um, when the Hawaii football team is away, you can catch the games with the Countdown to Kickoff crew 
at a select Big City Diner location. Keep listening for the next one. Uh, you could win a trip for two to Las Vegas from Vacations Hawaii. Uh, mahalo to Modelo Especial and Paradise Beverages. Little this, little of that this morning on ESPN Honolulu. Weather-wise, it's going to be partly cloudy today. Uh, trades are back 10 to 20 miles per hour. Sunrise was this morning about six minutes ago. It should be a nice day. should be a nice day. Uh, top, one of the top stories we missed was Serena Williams not retiring after all? <gasps> I thought she was retiring. I thought she said the U.S. Open was her probably her last pro match. Well, she was at a business conference in San Francisco, and she said her chances of playing another season in tennis are very high. I guess she's going for the all-time uh, Grand Slam record. She has one win behind the record. So uh, Australian Margaret Court has won 24 Grand Slams, and, well, maybe she wants to go back and get that record. The last week of the U.S. Open, the last day, even when she got eliminated, she made a comment like, hey, you never know when somebody asked her, I think it was on the court, about maybe you know coming out of that brief retirement. And then even a day or two later, somebody asked her, maybe she could be like a Tom Brady and kind of hinted again that it could happen. So, I mean, it's okay. It happens. It's just so many people have retired, and Tom Brady has a perfect example, and not retired. But I think fans would be happy to see her come back. Obviously, yeah, I think they would. But she was just playing up the whole, oh, I'm crying and all of that. I mean, she said, you know, you never know. I, I get that. But by her actions, we were led to believe that was it. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> I just saw a recent clip. Um, in fact, it was on one of the, the Lakers special that I watched on Hulu. And Kobe Bryant was on the Jimmy Kimmel show, like, within a year of his retirement. And Jimmy Kimmel asked him, well, the Lakers, you know, they're not doing well right now. Any chance they could get you? And he goes, no, 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 no. He put it to rest immediately. I am not coming back. That is, You kind of believed him the way he was so emphatic, saying, no way am I coming back. But if they do come back, I mean, boxers were the most famous athletes coming out of retirement or never staying retired. But, uh, again, with Serena Williams, it would be kind of cool. I kind of wish some of the old players could come back. Like Michael Jordan, when he came back, even though he wasn't the same player with the Wizards, it was still kind of great to get Michael Jordan back in basketball. So for Serena yeah, Williams to be good. but M Michael Jordan, when he came back, it's not like he was bad. I mean, he just, you know, he, he, when he was with the Bulls, he was the greatest player we've ever seen. He wasn't the greatest player we've ever seen with the Washington Wizards, but I don't think he embarrassed himself. Ooh. I don't think he I don't think he was Joe no, I don't and to my opinion. Okay. You can say whatever you want, but what I'm saying is I don't think he was OJ Simpson on the 49ers, Joe Namath on the Rams, Johnny Unitas on the where did he go? The Chargers or wherever. I don't think it was that bad. I don't remember it being that bad. Statistically, I could be off, but I don't remember watching him going, "Ooh, this is hard to watch." I did feel it was hard to watch for the most part. Maybe, you know, it was exciting to have him back, but he was, I mean, when you have the, the image of him and what he was doing as a bull, it just wasn't the same with the Wizards. And part of it oh, was not the team around yeah. him. And I said that, and I said that. I knew it wasn't, it wasn't, he wasn't the guy with the bulls. What I'm saying is, yeah, I mean, you know, to each his own. It was good to have him back, though. So for Serena Williams, again, it hasn't been that long if she comes out of retirement soon. And I, I think she also made a comment, you know, she wants to spend time with her baby. I don't know how old their daughter is right now, but you know, maybe take some time off. And we've seen it so many times. A lot of people, a lot of 
coaches will go to ESPN, mainly in football, then they go right back into coaching. And it's been like a, you know, a merry-go-round almost with the ESPN and some of the coaches over the years on TV. And it just happens. But for Serena, again, I think it'd be kind of cool to get her back. It'd be, I mean, I, I thought she was going to go out with the U.S. Open Championship. That would have been perfectly fitting to go out in this country with a win, get that record or tie the record. But I guess it wasn't meant to be because she went out a little earlier than we thought. But it, her age and everything with some of the injuries she's had recently, it's kind of understandable that she wasn't going to win the U.S. Open. And that's the thing, though, when you have players come back, if she's not the same, like Tom Brady, again, as an example. It's a different deal, different situation, and there are other reasons for them not playing well, Tampa Bay, but it's it's kind of hard to watch Tom Brady and Tampa Bay. Three points against Carolina, uh, losing to Pittsburgh on the road, back-to-back weeks, those losses, and I don't put it all on Brady, but for him, you know, Captain America, all those great things about him, and, he, and he's not the same, he doesn't look the same, he's not playing yeah. the same, it is kind of hard and sad to watch. But Tom Brady, the injuries around Tom Brady, I mean, you have that beautiful and the beautiful pass to Mike Evans that just goes right through his hands. It was a spectacular drop. Um, For some reason, the stars are aligned against Tom Brady this year uh, on the football field with all of those injuries and the, the makeshift line. And speaking of offensive lines, the offensive lines all across the NFL are horrible. What is going on? What is going on with the New York Giants, their offensive line, injuries to the Jets, injuries here and there to the Colts? It's like every offensive You know who's got a good offensive line? The last time I paid attention, the Cleveland Browns. It's just they can't find a quarterback. But, the you know, there's, there's horrible offensive line play everywhere. Traditionally, the Colts have a great offensive line, not this year. It's, um, I wonder if that makes in the draft, maybe in the top 10, you see more offensive linemen taken than maybe you usually would. I saw, I think it was the Sporting News put out a top 10 possible draft for next April or early May, whenever it is. And they had an offensive lineman from Northwestern in the top 10. Uh, there sure. were two offensive linemen overall, no quarterbacks in the top 10. But you're right about the it's the injuries more so to the Jets, at least. I mean, you have Mekhi Becton out for the year, which he's out for the year almost every year. He's hardly played since he's been drafted. Uh, Veritaka uh, from USC, he moved, uh, to the left, he moved to the left tackle position, and he is out for the year. Dwayne Brown they signed in the offseason. He's been hurt. And you know they and they had a good running game with Brees. Right, Hall. but it's not. But it's not just the Jets. It's all. It's it seems league wide almost. You're hearing about like watch the games and you're like, okay, are the defenses just getting better? Or are the offensive linemen just not as good as they used to be? It's crazy. All right, it's a quarter to seven with the animals here on ESPN Honolulu. We'll be back with more in the NBA coming up. Checking out uh, scoringlive.com last night, uh, girls volleyball, the New City Nissan Girls Volleyball State Tournament going on. Hawaii Prep beat Lanai uh, three to nothing. It was Damien sweeping Kau, HBA sweeping Kailua, and Marino over Wailua three to one. They'll be back in action at uh, different locations today, and uh, soon we will be having some. Uh, Division two and Division one 
state champions. You can hear Division One and Division Two on this family of radio stations. Check out ESPNHonolulu.com for schedules. We are about one week in the books with the NBA season, so I'm not going to say the typical line of it being, you know, not too late, the opposite of that. But I think it's incredible with the Los Angeles Lakers, and it's mainly because they're 0-3. How often, if ever, have you seen a team start a season, no matter what their record is, and again, they're winless, and all the talk about what trades they have to make? The season just started, and I, I'm agreeing with the talk because they are that bad. Uh, Charles Barkley had a great line. I guess I could say it on radio because he said it on TV. After their second loss, he said, well, they sucked last night and they sucked tonight, and they're just a bad team. Uh, anybody who covers the NBA has been noting about that. They just don't have shooters on that team, so they have to go out and get a shooter. How do you start a season and then need to make a trade a weekend? That's how poorly this roster was assembled in the offseason again. You could have had a chance. You they could have gotten a buddy healed. They didn't assemble. They didn't assemble anything in the off season. What do you mean? How it was assembled? They got uh, who do they get? Schubert and I believe he's hurt. What's the guy? Schroeder. Schroeder. They, they got Schroeder. They, they got, got Patrick Schroeder Beverly. Back. Yeah, no shooters. Well, and actually, Beverly is, I think, the highest three-point percentage shooter on their team at like 37, 38%, which nobody would expect. That just right. shows how poor it is. Westbrook okay. is not and that he's guy. A, he's a defensive guy. They got yeah. him for his defense, not his yeah. three-point shooting. I think he was a good pickup. I think that's going to hurt Minnesota on the other side of that, losing him. But the Lakers, you get a guy like Lonnie Walker from San Antonio has been a decent role player there really good college player we saw him here at the diamond head years ago but they just don't they didn't do enough to fix that roster and again they had an opportunity the year before they could have had buddy healed from sacramento didn't pull the trigger they go and get westbrook this year they could have gotten buddy healed and miles turner they don't want to give up two first round draft picks okay if that's what you want to not do fine but you know what you know what if i'm buddy healed or miles turner i'm like phew we almost had to go to the lakers this Lakers team is is not the Lakers team, Jerry Buss's Lakers team. I mean, this is this is what happens when, you know, it was worse before Jeannie Buss got there. I don't remember the brother that was running the team. Jim. Jim Buss. It was actually worse with Jim Buss. And maybe there was a little bit of improvement with Jeannie Buss. But like you were talking about yesterday, because it's the same thing that we're talking about now, we're talking about yesterday yesterday but you know magic johnson quitting it's a horrible organization and this was the cream of the crop of organizations it was the lakers to la as the yankees are to new york and um it's it's a shame this is not a destination to go to if you younger players now if you want to go if you want to be remembered in your legacy and your hall of fame you know what you can do that on the New Orleans Pelicans, not able to do that with LeBron James for the L.A. Lakers. You know, it's Anthony, uh, what's his name? Davis. Davis. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, you know, did his um, little hissy fit to get out of New Orleans, remember? Yeah. And it was like, I got get me out of here. I'm being held hostage and all of that. Well, you got what you, you, got what you wished for. You're, you know, is he a Hall of Fame player? I don't think so. Uh, you know, what has he done? What has he done to put him in the Hall of Fame? These guys want out and they want to make their super teams. Well, you know what? There's your super team. Is it they can't just, can they not afford anybody else? 
they can't afford a lot of superstars, but they got a forty million dollar contract in Russell Westbrook when they made that trade. So there are ways around that. They just right. got to get rid of a lot of other players, and that's part of the reason they're in the problem. They are now they can't afford yeah. a max guy right now. They want supposedly the Draymond Green wants to play there next year if Golden State doesn't give them the super max, which apparently they're not. LeBron and uh-huh. he are close, but how can they afford to give him? They're not going to be able to give him more money than Golden State was going to give him. Ah, a more another aging player. I mean, what kind of defense does Golden State have? They gave up 134 points last year, last <laughs> yeah, night. Yeah, yeah really. Uh, you know, it's like, really, Draymond? That's your threat? I'm going to go to the Lakers. Okay, bye bye have, have fun with that. It's like somebody, it's like some old defensive back going, hey, careful. You, mess with, you don't sign my contract. I'm going to the Jets. <laughs> You're right. I mean, that's You're what right. they are. The, Laker, the Lakers are the New York Jets. There's no sign of turning this around. There's, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? All of a sudden, Westbrook is going to be able to shoot? You got LeBron James, but that's all. Well, you got Anthony Davis. He's really good player. I, I know what you said about him, and I kind of agree. I mean, he's hurt too much. But one of the things they might be able to do, and this sounds even crazier, is maybe trade LeBron. Because they're, they're so they're so cost struck or you know salary cap maxed out like you said they're not gonna be able to get a really top-notch free agent and maybe getting rid of lebron is the answer even as crazy as it sounds because this team is not going to win a championship the way they are now and with what they could afford in the near future they can't and just think of what they gave up all of the players that they assembled through the draft and they built they got greedy and went no want a championship now Let's get LeBron James, and we'll be instant winners. Ah, greed. Greed. I hate A bird that. in the hand <laughs> is worth two in the bush. Top stories coming up on ESPN Honolulu. Chris Hart, Gary Dickman, this is the Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. Hunter Hughes joins us this hour, and uh, we will be talking more on Rainbow Warrior football. Got the Wyoming Cowpokes coming to town. And uh, hopefully getting a victory. By the way, the point spread in that game went from 10.5, started at 10, 10.5. I checked it a few hours ago. It's now at 11.5. So people are thinking Wyoming going to not only win, but win by double figures here. If and you I'm- were a betting man, what would you do? Okay, I'm, I, I try to be, I'll be honest, and I'm trying not to be biased. I would take Hawaii. Look at the last few games. They, even though Colorado State won that game, Hawaii covered. San Diego State was favored by 23, and Hawaii loses by two. Nevada was favored over Hawaii. And look what happened in that game. We win by 15. I'm not basing it just on those three games. I know Wyoming is a better team than those other three. I still think Hawaii, if they don't win the way they've been playing, they're going to be extremely competitive and not let a game get out of hand like september's games did especially new mexico state i think they're going to be in this game from the start to the finish in the nfl gossip news i guess i like to call it gossip news because it has nothing to do with on the field but 
Boy, is it just me or is Aaron Rodgers becoming a big distraction for that team? Throwing players at first, you think he's throwing players under the bus, and with his comments on whatever podcast he was on, he's really throwing his coach under the bus again. He's just not. I don't know. I, I sometimes you just want the guy to shut up. Yes, he should shut up, and it's it's not the same situation as Tom Brady, but the way I look at it, two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play this game are going out this year, at least this year, really horribly on and off the field with what's going on. Aaron Rodgers was kind of a guy, I mean, I think a lot of fans looked up to him because he was so great. Seemed like a fun-loving guy, dated celebrities and all that, but the way he's (laughs) coming across... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I knew you were going to say something on that, but yes, go ahead. I really like him because he dates celebrities. Well, he's a popular guy. From because... the mind of Gary Dickman, everybody. I get well, what you're saying. Look at, well, look at Russell Wilson as well. I mean, you're talking about a, a lot of the quarterbacks all of a sudden have aged in front of us. If you didn't hear the uh, criticism, it's after the game, and he was talking about, I'm trying to find the, uh, well, one of the quotes he says, our players are making mental mistakes 20% of the time. He suggests that players who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing yeah but they obviously are so who's who's that on it's the coach he's basically saying why are these guys getting playing time if they're making all of these mistakes shouldn't they be fearing for their career so i don't know i mean if you're if you're if you're a teammate of aaron Rodgers, now granted i mean if you name christian watson who's that well, it's a starting receiver for the Green Bay Packers. They've got injuries. They've got Devontae Adams gone. They've got a horrible offensive line. It's not just on Aaron Rodgers, but at the same time, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is, is uh, by being so negative, I don't think he needs to be. I, I think he needs to be more supportive. I'd rather see a rah-rah guy in this situation than a guy, you know, a couple of years ago going R-E-L-A-X and just – you know, looking down his nose at everything. Right now, you need to be the old Aaron Rodgers, not the new Aaron Rodgers. Say it in private, that's fine. Say it in the locker room. But to do it publicly, I don't know if I've ever really seen an NFL or heard an NFL quarterback continually throw his team or players under the bus the way he has. Or coaches. Year. Or yeah, coaches. and coaches now. I've never seen anything. Like that. You wouldn't expect it from him. What is he thinking? I mean, again, he's going out. I mean, it just takes away from how I think people view him. Because he, again, a great quarterback, even though only won a Super Bowl. But, again, I think he was kind of a popular guy. You know, whenever you'd seen him on TV, even though he wasn't out there that much. But now, the way he looks like an angry old man, get off my lawn type of guy. Well, here's a guy that and um, he's criticizing in their loss the lack of energy on the sidelines. There's no energy on the sidelines, so that's on the coach. You know what? You're the team leader. You're the future Hall of Famer. You're you're the team captain. If there's no energy on the sidelines, maybe it's kind of on you. Could be part of it. It should be. Yeah, definitely. I mean, is the head coach supposed to go back? You know, you know, and and (laughs) run to the back of the, uh, you know, to back to the bench and start to, you know, I don't know, hitting guys in the helmet and carrying on and yelling and screaming. Come on, let's get into it. Rah rah rah, boys. I, 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 you know, I think the whole team is just down. So and, as Aaron Rodgers, you need to pick him up, not cut him down even more. 
Right. It's, it's hurting the chemistry. It's hurting the situation. I mean, they've had some really bad losses. I know they lose to the Giants and the Jets, and those teams are turning out you know, better than people thought. This is just a really bad football team. To lose to Washington the way they did, and I know it was a close loss. They had an early lead in that game. There's no excuse for that. I just wonder about his teammates because I think the teammates look to him, as you kind of uh, talked about. But right now, how are you going to look to a guy who's your leader, who's your Hall of Famer to be when he's treating us like we're, we're – we're, we're problem. We're the problem. How are you going to have faith in a guy like that? Talking about well, they are young the receivers. They are the problem. I, I mean, let's get that. They, they, they are the problem, but you don't come out and say it. I wonder if part of the problem is that he wasn't at OTAs. You have all these young receivers. Maybe you spend some time with them. How many times do you hear about Tua with his Tyree Kill and other receivers in the offseason? Russell Wilson met with the Denver receivers as soon as he got traded. Uh, Aaron Rodgers with any of these young receivers. I don't remember hearing any stories about him getting together for any weekend camps or clinics or stuff like that. And, again, he wasn't at OTAs, at least the, the main the, the one – that was required. He wasn't even at that one. So, I mean, you're right. not developing any chemistry with Romeo Dubs and Christian Watts well, and some he of other guys. Right, but they, yeah. Uh, how long are OTAs? Four three, days? Three, four days, yeah, yeah. yeah but I, it I helps. It would help, I think. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I've never been an NFL quarterback before. Um, John is calling in at 808-296-1420. Hello, John. Hey, you know what? About Aaron Rodgers, I remember a long time ago, this is like, must be like 17 years when uh, the first time that when he won the Super Bowl, I was. Like, by the way, I'm from Chicago and I'm a Bears fan. But the thing is, no. I was rooting for. Yes, but anyway, uh, I, was, <laughs> um, I was I was actually rooting for him when he was in the Super Bowl against Pittsburgh. Because you remember when they first came up. It was like everybody was still wearing the Brett Favre jerseys and uh, people in Green Bay didn't really uh, accept them. And you kind of felt for them and stuff like that. And uh, um, I was, but, you know, since then it's like, gosh, uh, the guy, it's, it seems like the world, he's like God's gift to football or something. And uh, nothing is ever his fault. So now, as a Bears fan, my uh, two favorite teams that I like seeing lose is uh, – I like seeing uh, Aaron Rodgers upset after a game. That's one of my fun things to do on Sunday, and uh, and I'm also and I like to, and I like and like I said, anybody that beats the Dallas Cowboys, which this week <laughs> might be the Bears. But anyway, uh, you know, no, but oh, that's like, right. He he never takes responsibility for anything. It's like everything is always somebody else's fault, you know. And he doesn't get along with half the guys in his own family. Right. But anyway, that's all I got. <laughs> Have a great day. That's right. Bears play the Cowboys this week. Why does Why does everybody hate the Cowboys? I can see if you're a Giants fan or a Philadelphia fan, you don't like the Cowboys. I don't watch the Cowboys and hate the Cowboys. Maybe partly is- because of the owner. A little bit. Uh, no, but even before Jerry Jones, a lot of people hate, either loved or hated the Cowboys when they were America's team. Well, I think that's why. Either you love them or you hate them. There's no in-between. And if that's not your team. But why? What makes you hate? I, I don't know. It's the, you got a lot worse owners in the NFL than Jerry Jones nowadays. I'll tell you that much. Before it came, for me, before Jerry Jones, I didn't dislike the Cowboys. I didn't. I mean, they were great players. They weren't my team, but I didn't dislike them at all. I think what started for me with Jerry Jones is how he treated uh, Tex Schramm and Jimmy Johnson. 
you know, he just let them go and didn't really include them, treated, I thought, Jimmy Johnson poorly. There might have been more to those stories, but I think that's why I started disliking the Cowboys, and they were great I think, with I some think arrogant Jimmy, players. Jimmy Johnson left the Cowboys. I think Jimmy Jerry Johnson, forced them out. Jimmy Johnson left the Cowboys because Jerry was interfering too much. They were actually good friends at one point. They were. They the were. way that he, the way that he treated Tom Landry, I think, is the what you oh. were looking for, not Jimmy Johnson. Well, I thought Jimmy Johnson as well. He forced him out of there. He didn't and, force him but, out. And, he just he didn't force him out. He, he didn't force him out. Jimmy Johnson left because he couldn't stand Jerry Jones interfering, and that's what a lot of people don't like about Jerry Jones is he was the quintessential uh, owner who got too involved. Yes. I think yeah. over the last 20 years or however long he's owned the team, I think he's done a better job. He's done, you know, he's not assembling a fantasy football team. I think he's done a better job. And, you know, they haven't won in the playoffs really. They, you know, they've they've they at one time had the best offensive line. Look at the defense that they've assembled this year. Arguably the best defense in the NFL. They got Dak Prescott in the 5th round as a you know, and he's a quality starting quarterback. So he's done well in putting the team together. He's not – you know what he hasn't done well in? Hiring coaches. Okay. He hasn't hired – what good coach besides Bill Parcells has coached the Dallas Cowboys since Jerry Jones has been there? Barry Switzer, maybe? No. Won Super Bowl. Barry, Barry Switzer, you're joking, right? I'm, I'm you, half you, joking. You, you're, you should be 100% joking. Barry Switzer was not a great coach. They won despite Barry Switzer. Look at the talent they still had on that field. And they also won the Super Bowl because the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers gave it away, if I'm thinking of the same Super Bowl. I think it is. Yeah. But I think he would deserve some credit. I, I, and I'm, he, no, he, he doesn't does deserve any credit. To me, he does. I, I'm giving him credit. <laughs> based on based winning on, a Super Bowl. You gotta have something to do with a coach when you win a Super Bowl. You can't win. You can win despite a quarterback sometimes. Like you know, like with um, John Brad Johnson in Tampa might have been an example, or Doug. Right. White. So I I would give it to more the assistant coaches who were hired by Jerry Jones that helped Barry Switzer stay out of his own way. Barry Switzer was not a good NFL coach. And it is documented there. But anyway, thank you guys for texting in at 808-296-1420. A lot of reaction on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, here's one. It says, uh, Rodgers will never forgive his coach for that fiasco against Tampa Bay in the NFC title game. I don't blame him. I can't remember what the texter was talking about. It was a third down play, and they went for, or going to a fourth down, excuse me, and they went for a field goal instead of a touchdown. And they lost in the NFC Championship game at home to Tampa Bay. Brady with the Super Bowl a week or two later, two weeks later. I think he's still mad that they uh, went out and drafted Jordan Love. And in retrospect, well, he was right. They yeah. shouldn't have drafted Jordan Love. No. Uh, okay, let me get more on uh, Aaron Rodgers here. Aaron, despite his great skills, has never been a good leader. There's a reason Brady has seven rings and Aaron only one. Ooh. Good point. Good point. I mean, but he is a great talent. I mean, I think it's hard to win a Super Bowl. And, you know, if you win one, that says something. But comparing him to Brady, I don't think – I think it's a big difference there. And maybe his leadership skills are part of the reason. Again, just everything he's done in the last year or two. Remember the vaccination last year and all the stuff going on there? Um, well, he just, wasn't vaccinated. He didn't have a vaccination. But that he kind of lied about it, too. Yeah. He, he just – he's coming across as, again, a – A tool. 
a tool. Oh, okay. That's what the next texture says. Aaron Rodgers has always been a tool. Just look at his facial expressions and his body language on the field. He goes on to say, Aaron Rodgers was too busy drinking psychedelic tea to go to OTAs. That could be a problem. Yeah. And we did get a, a text on Barry Switzer being a great coach. Yeah, Switzer was a great coach. I would have played for him. I disagree. Maybe he was a great coach in college. Sure, I'll give him that. Uh, here's the next text. For the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones made a big mistake. He told one of his friends he was going to hire a new coach, and Tom Landry, driving to practice, heard it on the radio, turned around, went home. His wife asked him why he was home. He said, because you're firing me. Jerry Jones said that was the biggest mistake he made because he only told one person in confidence, and somehow the radio station heard it. We didn't have social media back then, but the Dallas Cowboys, one radio station they had heard, he was going to be let go. Wow. Oh. So it made Jerry Jones look really bad because they leaked it. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's it's 16 amazing. minutes after the sports animals here on the Bobby Curran Show. Uh, UH football talk coming up in less than 20 minutes with Hunter Hughes. And, um, oh, gosh, today's the day. Rivals Fantasy Football Show coming up at 8 o'clock. And our very special guest to help you with your lineup is... Vinny Iyer from the Sporty News. All right, we've got some NFL memorabilia to give away today as well at 8 o'clock here. It's brought to you by Rival Sports Bar and Lounge in the Waikiki Malia by Outrigger. Back right after this check of your traffic on ESPN Honolulu. We have had Chris Fanini from The Athletic on our show numerous times. He's a college football writer primarily. He yeah. wrote an article at The Athletic, and I just saw it, caught part of it. because you're not, Unless you're a subscriber, you don't get the whole thing. But he was talking about pro football, the NFL, and as far as the TV ratings for last year. I was surprised at some of this, some of the information he listed here. Out of the top 100 TV shows of last year, how many would you say, Chris, were NFL games? I was amazed at this. That's a hint. Five? I don't know. Seventy-five. Seventy-five. It's not just sports, uh, sporting events, TV shows. Seventy-five of the top hundred shows were NFL games. College football had six of them. The Olympics had 11 of them. Who wasn't on that list of the top hundred? Which and Olympics? Last year. It was from last year. What was last year? The Summer Olympics in okay. uh, Tokyo. Gotcha. The NBA... 
NHL, I understand that, and Major League Baseball did not have any sporting events in the top 100. You What? A major sport like hockey? Wow, that's shocking. That's the story right here. For baseball and the NBA, that's really surprising, though. No, it's not. Not for baseball. Well, they have a World Series every year. Yeah. Not, not even and one more, of the top 100. And more people watch Dancing with the Stars than the World Series. That's why baseball's in trouble. That's why baseball's in trouble. That's why they're trying to shorten the game. They're trying to make it relevant. Young people aren't watching baseball. You look surprised that there's no baseball in there. No, well, I was a little. The The American public doesn't care about, I don't want to say doesn't care about baseball. There's a lot of people that care about baseball. I mean, we care about baseball. But those are baseball fans. Most people don't care about college basketball until the final, until the uh, March Madness hits. Nobody's go- watching. We watch it because we watch UH in person. As a whole, the country, the uh, college basketball regular season is a niche sport. And if you're a fan of that, you don't like hearing it, and you're going to argue it until forever. But it's a fact. Baseball used to be America's game. But because they haven't rolled with the changes, they're not. Hockey never will be. No, it won't. But the I don't NBA, know. I, just, I, I feel bad because baseball should be. And there are a lot of baseball fans out there, but not like NFL. The NFL is like Google and Amazon. They're going to rule the world. I would have thought the NBA, and I agree with you on baseball, of course, but the NBA with Steph Curry, the story of Golden State coming back, Celtics, not really America's team, yes, but still a pretty popular team nationally. And you don't have any of the NBA games in the top 100. Now, again, this is from that's from this year. So this is from the year before 2021. Okay, so is this include streaming or is it just um, is it just broadcast television? It just says on there's TV. a difference. It just says on TV. There's a there's a difference because um, the NBA's audience is much younger than uh, a lot of the other sports, so they might be consuming it in, in a different mm-hmm. way. Um, uh, I don't know. You know, the NBA, I mean, again, NBA regular season, uh, they're going to be playing for a couple of months here before people even start paying attention. And then they might watch for a little while and say, oh, look at these guys. They're not playing defense. <laughs> and go, eh, maybe I'll wait till the playoffs when they actually start trying. There are too many games in the NBA and too many games in Major League Baseball for people to care about. The, the NFL is perfect. 17 games. 16 games I thought was good. 17 is still fine. College football playoffs. That's fine. March Madness. They got a, you, you watch for a couple of weekends, and that's what you got. The American public isn't going to sit around for three months watching meaningless baseball, what they say are meaningless baseball games or meaningless basketball games where overpriced millionaires uh, give a half an effort, especially on defense. That's probably why the NFL rules. You can't take a day off in the NFL. You get injured. And now they're going to have Black Friday. They're going to have a game on next year as well, so they're getting almost every day of the week. Would you think, though, that for the NBA Finals, and I'm talking playoffs. I'm surprised that none of the playoffs would make the top 100. The two teams in the finals of last year were Milwaukee and Phoenix, two smaller markets. Would that have anything to do with them not being in the top 100? 
doesn't matter. The Green Bay Packers are in a small market. I'm sick of hearing small market. People that have a national interest in the NFL. The, you know, they'll watch the Jacksonville Jaguars if they were good. They'll watch a good team. Because the, the, the finals are a, a t- not New York or L.A., people aren't going to watch. I don't buy that. Okay, well, I'm just wondering if, if that was maybe one of the reasons they're not top 100. I, I, I find that maybe more than any other sport not being in the top 100 the biggest surprise, the NBA, not in the top 100. At least yeah. the finals or some of the other players. You have so many stars in the NBA Think of how days. many. Think of how many sporting events you have. Okay, there's no golf. What about the Masters? They should have the Masters in the top 100. I'm surprised. Well, you know what? I love golf. Hunter Hughes is going to join us in a few minutes. He loves golf. Most people don't love golf. <laughs> Where was tennis? Where was bowling? Where was golf? Give me another sport. Well, I, would un- I can uh, understand. In other words, there's so many television shows you speak of. Being in the top 100 is, I don't think is, <laughs> there's thousands of broadcasts of television shows, sporting events, newscasts. Uh, sitcoms, movies, documentaries, uh, stupid shows like Dancing with the Stars, hey. and The Bachelor, and Survivor, yeah. and all of those. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's, there's so, thousands of shows. If you're not in the top, I mean, being in the top 100, that's pretty special. I don't think the NBA, as far as eyeballs, is that special. I would Baseball, think that the- all the time in the World Series, I'll say it again, all the time in the World Series... They always report on how bad the ratings are the last five years. I would think that the NBA Finals would have a would have a higher rated game than one of the seventy five NFL games because seventy five NFL goes to game, show you. Just it, goes it does. To show yeah, you're you, right. right. I mean, the NFL because those are all playoff games. You know, I mean, some of those games probably had teams playing that aren't in the biggest markets. So that that to me is something right there that the NBA is not over way. some of these regular season games. Look at it this way. The Super Bowl and the day after the Super Bowl, people argue that it should be a national holiday. The Monday after. That's how big the Super Bowl is. The, whether it's the gambling aspect, which is through the roof nowadays since it's legal everywhere, to the audience it garners. Nobody's having these big NBA playoff parties, maybe because there's so many different games. Hey, come on over to my house and watch the World Series. What should I bring? <laughs> that happens only in the NFL. It doesn't happen in any other sport. But there's nothing to one reason for that. It's a Super Bowl. You can plan a year in advance or longer. You know the date of it. You know it's going to be on a Sunday when most people are off. And you know the date months in advance for the NBA Finals, except for the Final Four, but any other pro sport, you don't know the date months in advance. Maybe, maybe not even maybe, two weeks in advance. Maybe that's why. But if it's a final Game 7 and you know a couple of days in advance, uh-oh, Game 7 coming up on Saturday, don't you think more people would watch? I don't mean to be sexist, but more uh, women would watch. More women consume the Super Bowl than any other sport probably combined. It, kids, people who don't even follow sports, they, they're not going, hey, ooh, Milwaukee and Phoenix are in the, uh, the NBA Game 7. This going to be exciting. What are you doing for it? No, it doesn't happen. Uh, here's a text. I love baseball, but it's almost November. It's too late already. 
I don't get it. Well, because the World Series, very, I think only once or twice has ever been played in November. It's a, it's a sport, the October Classic, and because of the lockout and everything, they're a week late than they normally would be with these dates. And it just doesn't seem like the weather or just baseball in November just doesn't have the right feel to it, I guess. That's what All I think right. it means. Eddie uh, text in, Chris, 40 years old is still considered young people. I don't get it. Oh, I'm talking about baseball? Is that what, Eddie, you got to explain yourself, Eddie. Text me back. Uh, Jeff texts in, can the average baseball fan afford World Series tickets? No, but the average football fan can't afford Super Bowl tickets either. Doesn't no. matter. Uh, yeah, here's another one. Me too. I'm sick of hearing small markets. Thank you for that text. Uh, nobody watches TV anymore. Generation ZXT. Am I missing something, Tanner? Is that, <laughs> is that a new group of people? Is that people younger than you? <laughs> Never heard XT added before. Okay. Uh, anyway, Generation Z is always tuned in to ESPN to Honolulu. Thank you very much. Uh, that one's from Tanner, actually. Uh, <laughs> hey, animals, Stanley Cup Finals. What time shall I be there? <laughs> exactly. Hey. Hey, Stanley Cup Finals are coming up. <laughs> what are you bringing? <laughs> Let's cut work. All righty. Uh, cities they do. In Canada. And certain cities, if your team is playing in the United States, they might be doing the same thing. Obviously not, according to the ratings. Last one here. Uh, i got a couple more, and then we're going to talk UH football. Start the NFL season one week later, and the Super Bowl will be the day before President's Day. Problem solved. Thank you, ah. Jerry. I don't He's get it. Thinking, oh, I see what you're saying. Because they're having the day off, the, day, the next day after the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes. Uh, That's a great idea. Yeah. How do we get that going? <laughs> hey, Ige, on your way out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's 733. going to be partly cloudy today, as you can see. Trades are 10 to 20, and uh, hopefully it'll be nice. We got a, a few, you know, scattered showers today, but it's it should be a beautiful day in Hawaii. Nay, Hunter Hughes is a sideline reporter for UH Football here on ESPN Honolulu. Also, uh, you'll hear him with the uh, uh, Hawaii Football Now podcast with Jordan Helley and his show called Shakas and Swings. All available at ESPN. Honolulu.com. He joins us coming up next. Remember, tonight, tonight, call the coach with Timmy Chang, Ruby Tuesday, Moana Lua. Come on down and join us. You can win some prizes, and you can win. We're giving away football tickets and volleyball tickets and things like that. Coach Timmy's going to be there. John Veneri, a great special at Ruby Tuesday going on this month. Buy two hamburgers, get one, three, get one free. Actually, I like that better. Buy two hamburgers, get one free. In other words, three hamburgers, three, three, three for the price of two at Ruby Tuesday. Join us tonight at 6 o'clock, won't you? It's going to be good fun from ESPN Honolulu. Hey, check it out. If you, 
We'll get into that. We've got a special announcement to make. We'll make in a few minutes here. Uh, something coming to town on ESPN Honolulu. Go ahead, Gary. Well, we're going to talk some more University of Hawaii football, and we are joined now by the sideline reporter for home games on ESPN Honolulu, former quarterback for the University of Hawaii, also the co-host of the great podcast Hawaii Football Now with Jordan Hele, his own podcast, Shockers and Swings, a very busy man. Hunter Hughes joins the show. Hunter, great to talk to you again. Looking forward to Saturday's game. Let's look back to last week. What What was your evaluation of Braden Shaker on the road against Colorado State? You know, Sega's done a great job uh, for the first half of these games. Uh, comes out firing. Um, the biggest critique that we've had for him was that he did, just didn't look comfortable. Um, but I feel like he's had enough reps now with the team where he looks comfortable in the pocket. And other than, you know, trying to make something happen on that last uh, possession, he's done a pretty good job of handling the football. Um I don't know if it's necessarily on him that we haven't put the ball down the field like we need to uh, to get the ball in the end zone through the air. You know, you mentioned how he started off well. I think you go back to New Mexico State where they scored in that first drive of that game, and they look like the first quarter of every game since they've done pretty well offensively. What would be a reason or reasons for them not playing as well offensively in the second half, whether it's adjustments or something else? Well, I think – I think coaching staffs can prepare for an opponent um, on the first uh, possession uh, based off of what they've been seeing and maybe you know throw some different looks at them. But then eventually you have to come back down to, to earth, you know, your foundation as a team. And we're, we're kind of figuring out what that is still. Um, we're a run-first team. That's, that's pretty evident. And then we're trying to – figure out what we can do in the air after that. And uh, with, you know, a receiver core that has struggled to win one-on-one matchups and, uh, you know, for the first few weeks, we didn't know who was going to be playing quarterback for us. It's difficult to try to then create a passing attack with those circumstances. I thought it was also an interesting stat, I guess, when you look at the last two games, and we're talking about the quarterback position with Braden Shager. The second half of the last two games, Hawaii passed 10 times last week, and the game before against Nevada, only six times. Now, I understand if you have a lead, you might run the ball a little bit more, and we do have a really good running game, especially with parts and the way he's played lately. But does that surprise you at all that they really haven't passed that much in the second half of the last two games? I mean, yeah. I mean, when you look at the uh, the possession spread for us the second half of this Colorado State game, I think we had five possessions, if I remember correctly. Um, three of them were three and out. One of them was a four-play drive. Um, and then the last uh, drive was us, you know, trying to get down the field and through an interception. So uh, Colorado State did a great job of holding on to the ball, and we just – could not get any momentum going in the second half, and they did a really good job stopping the run. So football is a mysterious game. If you stop the run, sometimes that also stops the pass. Um, If you want a good passing game, you need to be um, efficient in running the ball too because one opens up the other. So it's just kind of telling with uh, where this team is and how we have to just continue to build and uh, keep going forward. Hunter Hughes joining us here on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia Hotline talking UH football. You'll see him on the sideline and hear him on Saturday night as well. 
the deep threat when Zion Bowens came back to this team, and it started with uh, New Mexico State, I believe. They've used that effectively at least once or twice a game. It didn't seem like they used it as much on Saturday. Was that more because of the defense Colorado State was employing or something else? Because I think at least if you have that the, the thought of a threat with Zion, that it maybe keeps the defense a little bit more honest where they can't stop the run as effectively or even the short passing game. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, Gary. Uh, I don't know if I'd quite say we need to take a page out of old Bull Graham and do four verts, <laughs> but uh, I was uh, hoping to see uh, some of the some of the same from what we saw in San Diego as well as the Nevada game because Zion's done great for us down the field. But th- there's all sorts of circumstances that we may not be privy to on this side of the conversation. Um, but from what I could see, it looked like guys were open. And uh, we just didn't capitalize. So, um, yards-wise, though, Colorado State um, outperformed us almost 2-1 to one on every facet of the football. So, it's going to be hard to beat a team if they're doing that to you. We've mentioned, I'm sure everybody's aware, you're a former quarterback with the University of Hawaii football team. When you're coming off the three-game stretch where, you know, they, they did pretty well in the beginning of conference play, I mean, beating – Nevada almost beating San Diego State the way they did. It seemed like this team was gaining confidence as they played, especially with the run and shoot being employed now. After a loss like Saturday, how much did that come into the psyche of a team where are you down? Can you get it out of your system that quickly before the next game? Yeah, I'm I'm worried about the morale of the team right now. Uh, I'm, I'm just not certain where where we're at. Um the one, the one thing is that this defense shows heart um, and this defense shows tenacity. For, you know, a few weeks now in a row, we've kept our opponents below 20 points, which is a phenomenal effort from yeah. any defense. So um, that is a huge plus and one that I know these guys are trying to build momentum off of. From an offense, man, I, well, it's, it's just uh, shake the uh, dust off your feet and keep moving and try to try to uh, game plan for the next game as quick as possible to erase the fact that we uh, we didn't get it done again. So, yeah, you're, you're exactly right, Gary. It's tough. The team and the coaches, obviously, are just looking for the next game, and it's Wyoming this Saturday. For you, I'm just curious, when you're thinking how Timmy Chang and the coaching staff might approach this, when you're looking for quarterbacks to recruit for next year, what specifically are you looking for? We know they're going to look at guys that maybe have experience or can you know, play the run and shoot and do well, but what other areas are you looking at in a quarterback as far as recruiting for what this team will need looking ahead? Yeah, um, I, I think it's similar to what, what Rolo and, and Craig Sethman did whenever I was there. Um, that for Those first couple of years, they were still kind of in the middle of this run-pass option kind of um, run-and-shoot offensive scheme where they were kind of caught in the middle and used guys like Drew Brown uh, and Cole McDonald's uh, athleticism to maneuver their way through that style of an offense, but then eventually settled with Chevin Cordero, who was born and raised in the run-and-shoot. So it's um, you're looking for guys that uh, can get the ball out of their hands quickly, um, I'd be looking for a leader. Um, we've yet mm-hmm. to find that leader who's going to lead our offense. Uh, as, as much as I thought uh, Shager's done a great job, uh, 
managing our offense, it still feels like the offense is lacking a leader at this point from my observation. Well, hopefully they can straighten that out, hopefully get that win on Saturday and get the Paniolo Trophy to stay here at yeah. Manoa. Hunter, great to talk to you again. We'll look forward to seeing you Saturday uh, on the sideline for the University of Hawaii football home games and, of course, the podcast with Jordan Helle, Hawaii football now, and Shakas and Swing. Thanks again for joining us today. Problem. Bless you guys. All right, thank you. Hunter Hughes joining us here on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia hotline. See ya in a Kia. All right, it's Thursday night football coming up uh, on uh, um, here. Well, that'll be on CBS 1500, our sister station. But uh, let's get into that a little bit. That's coming up here on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, check this out. The um, There's a bunch of ba- Major League Baseball players. They're going to be working out in Hawaii on November 6th and 7th. They're uh, getting ready for a series of all-star games in South Korea. It's put on by Major League Baseball. It's called the MLB World Tour Korea Series. Now, they did this before, and they went to Japan uh, and they, before the pandemic and stopped off over here. But we've got ticket information coming soon. Either follow us on our social media platforms or keep listening to ESPN Honolulu. I went downtown to see my little lady. <laughs> when the morning comes, it's 7.53. We're the sports animals. Thursday night football tonight. Catch the game on CBS 1500. What time's kickoff? Two o'clock? It's tomorrow. Oh. It's tomorrow. Remember? What oh. day is today? Today is Wednesday, Chris. I oh, I know. don't believe you. That's just your opinion. <laughs> That's your opinion. Yeah, I guess uh, Thursday so. night football tomorrow. Sorry. Thursday night football tomorrow on CBS 1500, and they've got prop bets out for Thursday night football this week. I guess because Tom Brady's playing. So here's a prop bet, and odds are that uh, Tom Brady's age will be mentioned. I'll take that bet. I'll take that bet. By the way, I think they have prop bets on every game, even if Tom Brady's not playing. Right, but what I'm getting at is that they're actually kind of trying to pump this up uh, in Las Vegas. There's going to be a lot of prop bet interest because of what's going on with Tom Brady. For example, will Tom Brady's personal problems be mentioned? Odds are 5 to 2, yes. You know what? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. And, and what what constitutes a mention of his personal problems? That's a good point right there. It's kind of sad that that's even something you could bet on or that you have to wonder whether they'll mention it or not. I mean, I don't know if Brady knows about it, but that's probably something he's not too happy about either. Well, he'll throw a tablet at the writer of these. <laughs> okay, which will be higher, Lamar Jackson's rushing yards or Tom Brady's age? Oh, I would go rushing yards. Yeah, most of America is. Will Tom Brady announce retirement before week one of next year? Definitely. Wow, odds are they say no. That's crazy to think of. Got nothing to go home to, I guess. I don't know. Will Aaron Rodgers announce retirement before week one of the 2023 season? Aaron Rodgers, you said? 
Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens now based on this year. Odds are they say no. Wow. So I take those bets. No, here's, okay, last one here. Will Tampa Bay and Green Bay, this is not This is more of a topic of discussion than an actual bet, but you can make a prop bet. Will Tampa Bay and Green Bay finish below 500? Combined or separately in both of them? I mean, what is that? Well, you can do Tampa Bay only, Green Bay only, okay. neither, both. You know what? I'm going to go both. I'm going to go both. I'd have to look at their schedule, but I would think they'll be 500 or better. I just don't think they're playoff teams necessarily. Or maybe if there's a chance Green Bay does because they play in a better division than the NFC South. Is that a better division? You have Detroit and Chicago. Right. Hey, Detroit's been close. Chicago, they're making the turn. Don't be a Bears hater. Um, well, Detroit lost 29 nothing to New England, who stinks. All you have to say is they got the Vikings. Who does who does the who does the NFC South have? That yeah, I, I think that's prob- my point. Yeah. Top stories coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. Oh, rivals, rivals, rivals. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Did it again. <laughs> well, my opinion was that it was coming up next, but it's the Rivals Fantasy Football Show. Get your texts and calls in at 808-296-1420. That's coming up. Now, Rivals Fantasy Football on ESPN Honolulu. Yeah, it's brought to you by Rivals Sports Bar and Lounge in the Waikiki Malia by Outrigger. Three, two, one, go. (laughs) Uh, We will have Vinny Iyer joining us in about 18 minutes. So if you do have a question for this week's lineup, you can call or text 808-296-1420. At this point of the season, now we got the bye week coming up every week. Although for it's kind of weird, this week only two teams are off. Usually it's been four. You have to account for that. Also, injuries are piling up, which I think makes some of the acquisitions or waiver wire moves kind of important at times. If you can pick up a guy that can really contribute, it's going to make a difference on your team, especially with the bye week or if one of your key guys gets injured. And who doesn't have a team without a key player injured i think all of us are affected there so i'm looking at some of these players who are maybe going to be new on the scene or could have a different role because of the trade deadline coming up next week and i'll start with a couple of guys one is kareem hunt now he's not the number one running back in cleveland nick chubb is but kareem hunt has got his number you know his amount of carries he's gotten some touches there's a chance he could get traded and if you want to think ahead Get a guy like that, pick him up if he's not already on a team in your league, and maybe just stash him for a week or two, see if he gets traded where he could end up playing. I'll give you an example. The New York Jets are were and I think still are in need of a running back. Brees Hall out for the year. They were exploring the Kareem Hunt trade. Supposedly they didn't want to give up that much, so they went with an easier pick in James Robinson of Jacksonville. I think it's only costing them a fifth or sixth rounder. Kareem Hunt would have cost them more. Okay, Mm -hmm. so sixth rounder. So Kareem Hunt was available if you want to give a little bit more for him. Right, but James Robinson isn't a guy who's going to be getting all these carries, right? I mean, isn't it Michael Carter? Yeah, yeah, it is. But, I mean, if you want to pick up a guy, he's going to get some carries. They're not going to just go with just with Michael Carter. So that's why they went to get somebody immediately. But that's not a guy you would start. No, Even no, 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 no. Oh. I think, again, what you're trying to do is pick up guys on your roster for bye weeks 
and if uh-huh. you have some injuries, and maybe a guy you could stash because he might get traded. Robinson, I don't think I would pick up or start either or. But a Kareem Hunt does make some sense because not for the Jets right now, but as an example, they were looking at him. But he could be moved by next. They almost traded him in the preseason, and now with the trade deadline, you're hearing rumors that only means so much. But it would make maybe some sense for Cleveland not going anywhere this year, apparently. Maybe getting rid of Kareem Hunt, maybe getting a second rounder or something like that for him. So he might be a guy for fantasy that you do pick up because of that. Now, with James Robinson gone, there's a guy named, and I have never heard of, Snoop Connor. He is now going to be the backup running back in Jacksonville, which means he expected to get some carries. Again, if you're in need of a third running back, maybe you go after a guy like that who nobody's ever really heard of outside and maybe even including Jacksonville, but he could be a guy, you put him on your bench, and maybe if something comes up, he could be a guy you can plug into your lineup. Cam Akers, another one. Uh, He's been hurt a little bit, but the Rams are supposedly looking to uh, trade him somewhere. Yeah, he's been bad, though, this year, right? Yes, but a change of scenery. You think if he goes to another team, we know he's not that awful, but he has been off this year. But would you look for the trade with the amount of with the amount of bad offensive lines? I think you can preface that with depending on where he goes. True, but I think it's worth taking a risk because if you have, let's say you have a second quarterback. I was talking to somebody last night, and I asked him, do you have two quarterbacks on your roster? I only have one. You know how I am. He goes, I I carry two until the bye week, then I get rid of it. I only carry one the rest of the season. So if you have a player that you can afford to release, maybe you take a chance and go after a Cam Akers. It's expected that the Rams could either release him or trade him. But you're right, it depends on where he goes. But if you're ahead of the game, because let's say he goes to a team where for whatever reason he's going to start, for whatever reason that is, where you know he's going to be able to put up 15 points a game, let's say. But if if you wait till then, everybody's going to want to get him if he goes to that certain team. But if you get him now, again, I think it's just something to look at where you can maybe stay ahead of the game, so to speak, and maybe pick up a player that could really pay off later on this season, especially because of the trade deadline next week. You you, you know guys are going to be on the move. You know, last year you had Odell Beckham. Wasn't doing anything in Cleveland. That's kind of the same example. You know, people probably dropped him because he wasn't doing anything when playing with Baker Mayfield, and then he wasn't playing at all. And then he goes to the Rams. I don't know what his numbers were overall, but they were a lot higher than they were in Cleveland. But if you pick him up before the trade deadline, you had a good player stashing him for the rest of the season. So I just think it's some kind of strategy you might want to look at if you're trying to stay ahead. And, you know, because you know who your starters are. You know, I mean, everybody, again, has an injury. I picked up Kenneth Walker. For the running back for Seattle. Not, I didn't have him in the draft, but I picked him up after a couple of weeks. I, I loved him in college. He didn't do anything for a month. Now at Penny out for the year, he had 163 yards rushing last week. He got me like 28 points or whatever it was. But he's a guy I thought maybe would get better later on this season. And right now he's doing great. So I just think that's kind of an example you would look at as far as maybe getting a player like that. So look at some of those new players. Again, Snoop Connor, you know, might sound like a joke right now. Sounds like Smush Parker in basketball. But Travis Etienne is number one in Jacksonville. You put him at the number two, maybe he gets you some points later on. Especially, again, bye weeks coming up. You might have two. You have a couple of players during the same bye week, right? I forget if it's running back or receiver. I... Yes. So in that situation, you're going to need at least one replacement, you would think. That might be a guy you'll look at. Because you're not going to get too many starters right now, unless a Kareem Hunt gets gets traded to a team where he can start. I'll just use our league. For example, I mean, 
let's see. I got uh, no running backs, uh, and that's part of the problem. So I've, you know, I've got um, my running backs are Alvin Kamara, which is great. Antonio Gibson started out pretty good. He uh, the, for Washington, he hasn't been real good after that. And I got Rashad White from Tampa Bay. They're all meh. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out and get Latavius Murray, right. who now, like you said, here's another guy that wasn't starting in the beginning of the year. <laughs> Excuse me. He's available. And now I go from 7.3 points to 9.2 projected. So I understand what you're saying. There are some guys out there still. So if that's in our league, I'm sure it's like other people's leagues as well. Right. I just think, again, but the trade deadline, especially, you know, guys are going to be on the move. We've seen a couple of little trades. We've seen a couple of guys get waived. But by next week, and it's not like baseball where you're going to see like 10, 15 guys necessarily traded by next Tuesday, I believe, is the uh, trade deadline. But you're going to see guys on the move. And, again, a, a Kareem Hunt seems to be the biggest name out there right now. But Cam Akers could be one. And, again, James Robinson, I don't know if you're going to pick him up because he's going to be with the Jets. And, again, it's not like they have a great offense. It's their defense. and But it is the running game that's gotten the job done for them. Uh, but you're right, Michael Carter is going to be yeah. the number one there. When you look at Cam Akers, uh, week one, three carries, zero yards. Week two, 15 carries, 44 yards. Got a couple of receptions. He scores 8.2 points. Best game against Arizona, he got 10.1. Then you go to 1.3 and 3.3. And he's listed as questionable. Is that still a guy that you would try and go out and get? Do you think he just needs, and my question is, is it just scenery or is this guy not who he used to be? Probably both. And and you bring up the numbers, they're not good, of course. But, again, if he goes to a different team, you might get a steal. And, I mean, how many times – for most Maybe. people, you're going to have at least three running backs, three receivers. You might probably have a fourth at one of those positions. Maybe I don't know if you have a third tight end. So one of those guys you might be able to afford to lose. Or if you have two quarterbacks. I see teams, even in our league, that have two kickers, two quarterbacks. Some teams have I two have, teams' defenses. I have three quarterbacks because I can't find a good one. But you're not Jared, gonna, Jared, yeah. Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was supposed to be good. That was supposed to be a quality fantasy pick. Now he's going to come back a little uh, rusty, but uh, I'll have to wait and see. The jury is still out on Dak Prescott. Jared True. Goff actually started out fantasy-wise yeah. very well. He was better yeah. than Matthew Stafford probably, I bet, which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. But I would think in just your situation, maybe you get rid of Jimmy G. If you, if you want to pick up another guy, like again, like a Nick Chubb as an example, because are you going to play Jimmy G over Prescott or Goff? No, I just don't know who else to get. So the, the reason I have his three is I can drop two of these guys anytime. I just don't, I don't have anybody I want to really pick, unless somebody wants to give me a running back. <laughs> right, right. And here's another Sorry, running open, back you might want to look openly at. Openly soliciting on yeah. the radio show. Right. This is the Rivals Fantasy Football Show. If you want to get in a text for Vinny Iyer. Uh, from uh, the Sporting News. He's going to join us coming up in a few minutes. You can call as well, but uh, you can text in. And uh, actually, if you call, you would probably move to the head of the line just because we don't like leaving people on hold for a long time. So if you want to dial in, you can dial. Uh, uh, you can call 
or just text into the Zephyr Insurance text line. Both numbers are the same, 808-296-1420. Here's another running back, if he's available, you might want to go after, Gus Edwards with the Rams. Uh, had over 18, 18.6 last week. Uh, wow. Kenyon Drake didn't do anything. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is now on IR. Again, you look at those oh, situations. Wow. I didn't know that. He just had a really good game like last week. Did he get hurt in that game? I, I think he did, but he, I think it was oh. a couple of weeks ago. But, again, look at you look at what Gus Edwards can do. Mm-hmm. And, again, in that situation, you know he's going to get a lot more carries, a lot more touches. You know, I'm confused about uh, somebody who I've had and dropped, uh, Isaiah Pacheco. Hey, mm. Pacheco! Right? <laughs> yeah. So Pacheco is a guy that could be like Nicole Hardman last week for the Kansas City Chiefs. Absolutely blew up, best game of his career. Now, this week we might not see anything of Nicole Hardman. Isaiah Pacheco, the running back for Kansas City, he's your backup guy. They've got a bye this week, so it doesn't really pertain to this week. Yeah. But overall, in general, there's another guy. Do you take him? He'll get some carries, and all of a sudden, he might have one of those McCole Hardman weeks. You know, he was listed as a starter last week for some reason over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, they almost they split the game basically evenly. Uh, yeah. he had, I think he had two more carries, but he's a guy. We heard a lot about him in the preseason. He's been good, but he's not going to get the bulk of the carries with yeah, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Eight carries, 43 yards, uh, 4.3 points. Not a ton. No. But, um, you know, is a guy – Is he really the question is, is he going to get touchdown carries? So far – He's got one touchdown in the season, so I guess I answered my own question. But, again, if you're looking for another – again, if you have, let's say, two running backs in a bye week, as an example, I don't think that's a bad pickup. Because I think no. what, I think what you can see with a guy like Pacheco as a rookie, that he's going to start getting a little bit more and more. He's not going to give you 20 points in fantasy, almost never. But then Jeff Wilson, whoever heard of Jeff Wilson Jr., the Niners, a couple of weeks ago, he had, and I picked him up, he had like 28 points. Last week he had three. But every now and then you get one of those diamond in the rough, so to speak, that could all of a sudden start getting more carries, touches, and maybe really be productive and get you that win. And you know what the sad part is, too, is when you're looking at these backup running backs – Running backs seem to be more injured than any other position, at least mm. this year, in fantasy football. Mike Boone, Denver, IR. Kyron Williams, uh, Rams, IR. Rashad Penny, Seattle, IR. Javante Williams, Denver, IR. Elijah Mitchell, San Francisco, IR. Brees Hall mm. and Corderell Patterson, IR. That's a lot. Yeah. Damian Williams, Atlanta, IR. Joshua Kelly, uh, Chargers, IR. Ty Montgomery, New England, IR. Do you need me to keep going here? Wow. That's like an all-star roster almost. And Jonathan Taylor's not on IR, but he missed a game or two. Well, there's a number of questionable guys, too. I don't even, I'm not even going to go there. That's really something when you think. And I, guess, I think that's kind of the norm. You get a lot of injuries, but those are some pretty big players that are out and it's interesting yeah. say all those names but then christian mccaffrey hasn't been hurt this year which you know and that's oh, another don't say it don't i know go there. i know i don't know, go I know. There. all right it's a quarter after eight on the rivals fantasy football show brought to you by rivals sports bar and lounge in the waikiki malia by outrigger vinnie Iyer is going to join us next he's an nfl and fantasy football writer with the sporting news uh also check out his podcast uh locked on sports it's a fantasy football podcast so check that out don't forget today call the coach is back at ruby tuesday moana lua call the coach with timmy chang uh starts at 6 p.m you can call in or text with your questions and comments to john venary and coach chang 
It's brought to you by Ruby Tuesday Hawaii, where you buy two hamburgers, get one free. Tree burgers, tree hamburgers. IBEW Local 1186, Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union, Hawaii Pacific Health, PAXA, and HGEA. This is Rivals Fantasy Football on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. This is one of our favorite times of the Rivals Fantasy Football Show when we welcome in our national expert. He will give us all some help if we need it for this week's lineup and roster moves as we are joined now on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia Hotline. He's an NFL and fantasy football writer with the Sporty News, also the host of the Locked On Fantasy uh, Podcast on the Locked On Podcast. Network. Joining us huh? now is Vinny Iyer. Vinny, thank you so much for joining us. We'll get to some of the questions from our uh, listeners in just a minute. We were talking a few minutes ago about some of maybe the running backs you can pick up with some of the injuries and bye weeks. Are there any names out there that you find appealing? Yeah, if your league still has uh, Michael Carter available or if someone has dropped James Robinson there, knowing that his role had faded with the Jaguars, I mean, that's going to be your Jets backfield going forward, so you can definitely – Explore those options. I mean, last week, if waivers had run and you didn't have a chance to get Chuba Hubbard or Dante Foreman of the Panthers with Christian McCaffrey now with the 49ers, those are the obvious uh, looks here. But otherwise, keep going for the young guys with upside, Rashad White there behind Leonard Fournette, maybe James Cook behind Devin Singletary. We've seen what the rookies have done where they got the opportunity with Brees Hall and unfortunately before his injury, and then we saw what now – David Pierce has done with a big role, and we know Travis Etienne this year two, essentially his rookie season. He's rolling with it, so try to stash as many of those young running backs with some upside as possible. Is it a smart strategy as well with the trade deadline coming up with maybe going after a player or two like a Kareem Hunt, a Cam Akers, to maybe kind of stash them but maybe in anticipation that they get traded to a team where they'll be able to be more productive? Yeah, that's definitely something you can explore. And don't forget about the other side of that. If you think Kareem Hunt's going to be moved, I mean, Nick Chubb is great, but we've seen Dearness Johnson be very uh, special in that offense when having to fill in for Nick Chubb. So now he becomes a high-end handcuff for you that's going to be cheap. If something happens to Chubb, he's going to be very productive there. So you have to consider those things as well. And with the Rams situation, I think you have to look at the rookie, Kyron Williams, out of Notre Dame. I think – they want to give him more run. They're not happy Daryl Henderson Jr. Cam Akers is in the doghouse at this point before potentially gets traded. So you have to keep speculating again. Young backs have been the theme here this season, and unfortunately injuries have hit a couple of those guys. But otherwise, if they look healthy like Ken Walker, they're going to win a lot of leagues this year. Vinny Iyer from the Sporty News joining us here on the Rivals Fantasy Football Show on ESPN Honolulu. Let's go to our text line, and you can text us or call at 808-296-1420. Here's one fantasy question. Is it time to drop Tom Brady is his first question. I wouldn't drop Tom Brady. I would just wait and see. I would definitely bench him and just see what's happening here until they can get some things right. I think there's going to be a big change coming up where he's going to get a center, Ryan Jensen back they do play the rams next week so not the easiest matchup but the rams have been giving it up in the passing game so let's wait and see let's see what happens against the ravens if that becomes a get right situation and they feel a little bit better offensively then you're going to go there but i wouldn't drop tom brady 
we know when we give up on him. That's usually when he digs deep and produces for us. So quarterback is just so bad that you can't give up on Tom Brady right now. Okay. The second question from the same listener, he has to start two running backs between Josh Jacobs, Cook, and Singletary. Well, for sure, I think you just go with the first two. Assuming it's Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs, Dalvin Cook, plug them in. Devin Singletary, if it's going to be a blowout game, don't play him. They rest him, and that's where you're going to see more of James Cook. Another question from one of our listeners in the PPR league. Should he play Chris Godwin, Debo Samuel, or Devontae Smith? Well, I think you definitely go Debo if he's healthy with the hamstring injury. We're going to watch that. He's day-to-day. If not, I might go with Devonta Smith. I mean, it's a good matchup against the Steelers there this week versus Godwin and that struggling Bucks offense. So, and you can push it to then knowing if Samuel's going to play or not on Sunday. Here's another question for you. It says uh, regarding trade. He feels like Geno Smith will come back to reality at some point, and he would like to get Jalen Hurts. His owner needs help at running back, and I offered him Brian Robinson and Geno Smith, but he rejected it. My other running backs are Eckler and Miles Sanders. Should I offer Sanders for Hurts, or do you think Geno Smith keeps this up all season? Yeah, I would try to get Jalen Hurts, but you have to keep in mind that's a pretty low offer to try to get Hurts. I mean, Gino's not enough in return with another running back. I think you have to maybe sweeten the deal a little bit, maybe raise it to a reliable wide receiver or a back in, in like, the Damian Pierce realm. I mean, that's what you're going to have to do to get hurt. When you look at him and uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, they have such an advantage over the field at quarterback right now. To make that big upgrade, you're going to have to give up more. Okay, another question comes in. He has three quarterbacks and needs to start one. Matthew Stafford, Tua Tungo-Vailoa, or Daniel Jones? I think the safest play here is to uh, that Detroit defense is terrible. I think it's a horrible matchup for uh, facing Tyree Kill and Jam Waddle. So I'm going to uh, that's the highest upside play and the safest play. Okay, another question. He needs to start a third running back between James Robinson, Antonio Gibson, and Kareem Hunt. Who would you start? Well, that's a tough one. I mean, James Robinson is just joining his new team here. Kareem Hunt, the usage is up and down here. So Antonio Gibson, he's just been faded at. I kind of like Gibson a little bit more to catch passes this week, but in the end, I think I'd roll the dice on Robinson. Okay. In a, a half-point PPR league for the flex position, he needs one out of Kareem Hunt, Jamal Williams, and Brian Robinson. Yeah, that's definitely Brian Robinson to me. He's got the volume in the commander's offense the past few weeks, and the Colts run defense not the same, assuming Shaquille Leonard misses another game. Uh, before we go any further, Vinny, can you tell our listeners if they want to get access from you throughout the season for fantasy football, how would they best go about that? Yeah, they can find the Start Sitcom right now up at sportingnews.com. You can also watch and listen to the Lockdown Fantasy Podcast five days a week there on the Lockdown Network. Okay, another text question comes in. He needs to start one at wide receiver. Uh, Olave, DJ Moore, Jerry Judy, or Alex Pierce? Well, that, that's a pretty good riches there of uh, wide receivers. I actually do like DJ Moore quite a bit this week against the Falcons secondary. Chris Olave is pretty close. So I'd go Olave or Moore. I think if you're looking for the bigger upside play with maybe high risk, high reward, go with Moore. If you're looking for the higher floor, go with Olave this week. Okay, makes some sense. And uh, hopefully everybody will have some good luck in fantasy football. Vinny, thanks again for joining us. Good luck to you and your fantasy leagues. And we'll talk again next month. All right, thank you guys. All right, thank you so much. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News joining us here on the Rivals Fantasy Football Show via, on the, via the Aloha Kia Hotline talking fantasy football. Hopefully that advice will help. He is one of the best in the biz. It is also time coming up. We've got a great 
giveaway today. It's a 16 by 20. This is a big one. Jalen Hurts autograph photo. And we've got a Jalen Hurts fantasy question that we will be giving out. So give us a call at 808-296-1420. It's about passing. Passing in Jalen Hurts. And you can win this great prize coming up next on the Rivals Fantasy Football Show on ESPN Honolulu. This is Rivals Fantasy Football on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. All right, Glenn is calling in for the big prize at 808-296-1420. Fire away, GD. Okay, Glenn, here we go. Jalen Hurts is the topic. You can win a 16 by 20 autographed authentic photo. He's known as a really good runner, but he's had his passing game really improved this year. Can you give me within 20 yards the biggest game he's had passing this year? In other words, if it's 400, you could say 380 to 420. You have to be within 20 yards of the, to- the highest total he has had in one game this year? Three, 390? What did you say? 390? 390. 290. Well, actually, 290 and 390. 390. Either, either one is not within 20. Sorry about that, Glenn. You can try again. So within 20 yards, his largest performance and as far as passing numbers, the yards in one game. He did have three touchdowns in this game. And it was back in week three. I'll give you that much. But within 20 yards, how many yards was the highest total for Jalen Hurts this year? 808-296-1420 is the number. And mm-hmm. Tanner will let us know who is up next with this great – one of the I think the biggest picture we've given out this year, 16 by 20. It's a keeper. Oh, 16, 16 by 20 autographed Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Uh, give us a hint, Gary, while folks are calling in. Go ahead and give us a hint. Oh, I said it was it was uh, within week three, and he had three touchdowns in that game. Uh, it's over 300. I'll give that much as a hint right now. I'm doing over 300. All right, Daryl, what do you say at 808-296-1420? 340 yards. Exactly 340 <laughs> yards. You are smart. You got it right. Congratulations. Thank you very much. All right, hold on the line. We're going to get that uh, prize to you. Thank you very much. Very, very cool. And if you're not an Eagles fan... What a great gift this holiday season for an Eagles fan. You will love it. It is a great gift. And, I mean, his passing numbers have really, really improved this year. He had one game, 84% completion percentage. That was 333 yards. And that was against Minnesota. Very good. We'll see you uh, at 8 o'clock on the Fantasy Football, uh, Rivals Fantasy Football Show. Same time, same place, next week. You've been listening to Rivals Fantasy Football on ESPN Honolulu. I was just looking at a post uh, at ESPN Honolulu on uh, Instagram, and I think you mentioned this yesterday, but uh, so far, total QBR this season in the NFL, this is uh, ESPN's uh, total quarterback rating, right? QBR. Um, Total quarterback rating. Number one, and it's why a lot of people are, um, man, this, this is, I wish that one of these teams was in the NFC. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. Anyway, Patrick Mahomes is number one, 76.8. Josh Allen, 76.2. Really, uh, they're tied for the best. Two, 
the way Patrick Mahomes is playing is as like he was two years ago. I think it was a little yeah. off last year, but uh, Patrick Mahomes and you know it should come down in the playoffs to the Chiefs and Bills, right? Something could happen, injuries, somebody gets upset, whatever. But obviously, the two best teams in the NFL, hands down, and maybe it's because of the quarterback play, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Now, Tua Tonga-Vailoa is number three, and that's pretty impressive. Now, he has a smaller sample size because of the injury, but it's still something to say that, uh, you know, quarterback rating. How good a quarterback are you? Well, according to this, Tua Tagovailoa is the third best quarterback in the NFL. He's like number th- between one and four in about six different categories, and one of them is yards per attempt. When people say he's not really good at the deep <laughs> passes, well, he's doing a lot better job this year. Not well, only the attempting yards, but he yards per attempt. Yards per attempt doesn't mean anything, does it? Well, yards it just, per attempt it, means you could you could throw you could throw. Um, you know, 100 passes over 20 yards, but if you don't complete any of them, it doesn't mean anything. But he is completing a high percentage of them, A, and he's attempting a lot more deep passes than he has in the previous years. Oh, that's good. And partly Uh, because of Tyree Kill, of course. And guess who's next? Guess who's next? Shalen Hurts? No. Marcus? No. A guy that you said is horrible, and he's a JV player. That would be Geno Smith, Oh, number four QBR. When the fantasy ex- person asked, um, he doesn't think that maybe uh, Geno Smith can keep it up all year long, why would you say that? Well, I mean, this isn't like Jeremy Lin. It's a, a big difference. I think that, um, you know, Geno Smith has spent a lot of time watching football, mostly from his backside. But Geno Smith, I, I love it. I, I, I mean, this is one of the feel-good stories of the year. I don't know if he would qualify for comeback player of the year because, you know, he didn't suffer a big injury or retire and come back or anything like that. But at some point, whether it's people like you or the text you called in about fantasy, you might have to accept that Geno Smith's a pretty good quarterback. He is right now, but I, I think maybe the question was because can he do it over a full season? Because he's never done it before, and he's doing things this year that he's never done in the NFL before. So, so far, well, so good. It, can Tua Tagovailoa do it over a full season? Why aren't you asking that? Why aren't people asking that question? Well, they were before the season. A lot of people right, right, saying but, he's on the hot seat, which I don't think was right. Right, 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 right. right but can, what, well, Tua Tagovailoa is doing great. Why aren't we saying, well, can Tua do it for a whole season? Because if I you're going to say it about Geno Smith, you got to say it about Tua Tagovailoa. Not really. I think I think Tua why? has done. I'll tell you why. <laughs> Tua has done more in his NFL career to show that he's a legitimate starting quarterback than Geno Smith has. Like what? Even, like win games, like winning what six or seven in a row last year. How many did Geno Smith win in his career? So I don't, I don't think that's even up for debate on what they both have done previously and this. Geno Smith has won more games in his career than Tua Tagovailoa. That's, that's a, a false statement. You, that's a false win. statment. I don't that's think a, it is. When did he win? That's when did a he, false statement. How many games has he started in his NFL career? Less than ten. I'll, I'll find uh, Geno Smith started more than ten games in his career. I don't think he started that many. No. <laughs> Uh, not with the Chargers, uh, not with Seattle before this year, and with the Jets. I don't think he started gonna, more than Look, look, look. You're wrong. I'll look it up. I'll prove you wrong in five minutes. But I don't want to okay. keep going back and forth with I think he did, I think he didn't. By the way, the, on this list, Lamar Jackson is number five. Daniel Jones at number six. 
we're getting down to a uh, Daniel Jones at 62.6. Derek Carr at number seven. Cooper Rush, one-tenth of a point behind Derek Carr at number eight. Jalen Hurts is at number nine. And there's our guy, Marcus Mariota, is at number ten. So, so far, Marcus Mariota, and I'm saying so far, so far, Marcus Mariota and Tua Tagovailoa, top ten quarterbacks in the NFL. I like that. Love St. That. Louis High School represent, baby. That's that's great. It is great. I, I I still wonder about Daniel Jones if he'll be able to do this over a full season and be this good. But he, I mean, he's NFC Offensive Player of the Week. It was announced earlier today. <laughs> okay, we got a text. Uh, Chris, stop being a Tua hater. And when you say support him, nothing you say supports that. So stop it. You need to listen to Gary more times than not. Thank you for the text. Thank I'm not you. being a Tua hater. I'm just being real. If you say one thing about a quarterback, but you don't have the same, uh, you know, if you don't say the same thing, Tua Tonga-Vailoa hasn't proven that he can do this for a full season. Is that a fact, yes or no? I don't think it's a fact, no. I think he has proven he just has to be healthy. As you're saying, has he done it for a full year? That's different. But has he proven it? Yeah, I think he's proven it. He he can he can be a legitimate starting quarterback over 17 games. He's, he's good enough. Geno Smith has never done it over a full season where he's been good enough. Geno Smith has started 41 games. Gary. 41? Is it really? Wow. Yes, Gary. And he and Tua both have 17 wins. Case closed. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. I missed the text here at 808-296-1420. Thank you for the text. Uh, okay. Um, was it Daryl that won the Philadelphia? Uh, who won the prize in fantasy? Daryl. Daryl, if you're listening, there's a guy that will buy that from you. He's such a big Eagles fan. He's got the Eagles tattooed on his arm. How about that? Look at that. You see that photo he sent in? Yeah. Okay. And he did that while driving. So hopefully he's still alive. <laughs> but... Uh, Daryl, if you want to sell, somebody's out there. Sell high. Somebody, somebody, somebody's out there. He's an Eagles fan. That That's a great uh, – it's a great – you know what? I would put – if my favorite team was the Eagles or – I don't know. I'm thinking of another team. That I would tattoo on my arm. For example, I wouldn't tattoo the Steelers logo on my arm. It's not cool. The Eagles logo – that's actually a very cool, you know, and uh, uh, looks like a an eagle coming down to get his prey. I would think the Steelers one would be more prestigious, more rings. So no, that's not what more. I'm talking about. I'm talking about the art, the art. I would, I wouldn't put a 49ers tattoo on myself. You know who I would put? I would, I would put, I would put a Tampa Bay Buccaneer logo. I would put a, I would put a Tampa logo on me 
Hmm, I don't know which logo looks the best, but I think anytime you win, the logo looks better. I'm talking about artwork. Sure, artwork I know, but the artwork would seem a, better just because some, it's, 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 it's related to winning. See, Raiders makes sense. It's an evil pirate. Jaguars, it's like a ferocious cat. Titans, meh. Falcons, eh, maybe if it was 1969, they need to update their logo. But, you know, I like the, I like the Eagles. The Eagles look ferocious. The, anything with a pirate. You got. You can put on a, a tattoo. I would like that. I enjoy that. I guess so. And, okay, for the Jaguars, again, if they were a really good team, I think the logo would just seem better. Even if it might be a ferocious animal, it doesn't seem as ferocious when the team's usually pretty bad. All right, 808-296-1420, our number to call or text in here. Yeah, last night in the NBA, we saw a little situation with Devin Booker and Clay Thompson uh, just getting into a lot of trash talking. Clay Thompson, I never really saw him lose his cool before. And it didn't get – it almost got physical where Clay Thompson had to be held back a couple of times. But well, he was really getting you, in the Devin Booker's face a few times. You, you noticed when he started moving forward and making big, real big body, he waited till people were holding him back. That's so local style. Whoa, 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 hold me back, hold me back. And the other times, he was backing up a little, backing up, saying his piece, backing up. And then when all of a sudden the refs tried to, they tried to push him back, I was like, hey, somebody hold me back. <laughs> I think that's an NBA deal almost all the time. You see guys acting oh. really tough, especially when they have somebody holding them back, and they get even tougher. I find yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of funny. But you know, I'll give one... I guess it's I guess it's a universal thing, right? Could be, yeah. I, I give credit to Devin Booker after the game, and I know they won by twenty nine points, or maybe he's in a better mood. But after the game, he said, "I love Clay Thompson." You know, a big fan. He was saying all these really good things. He just sang in the heat of the battle. You know, those things oh. are said. I give him credit for that because after he, the game, he got to him. I don't he think Clay. I don't think Clay Thompson maybe felt the same way because a he gets ejected first time in his career, and there right. you know it was a bad loss for them. But for Devin Booker to really compliment Clay after that, you don't see that too often. I, I that gave was him great. That. Whether he liked him or, or 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 not, he did the exact perfect thing. Did you see him on the foul line? After uh, when he was uh, shooting the, the the free throw print to the technicals, he was it was almost like he was smiling. It was like <laughs> I got him because that's what it was. It was a mind bleep. That was what he was doing, and it got under Clay's skin, yeah. where it did get under him so bad that he got thrown out of a game for the first time. Now I don't know what he said to actually get thrown out of the game. They were trash talking, and he must have said something to the ref or something because in the hold me back situation. That was when the ref sent him away. Yeah. I don't understand why you would get thrown out. But, and you know what? That was just a, an unusually chirpy game. Didn't they have like seven technical fouls in the yep. third quarter alone? Yeah, there was a lot, a lot. Draymond, Draymond and Clay during the course of the game were holding up four fingers, indicating their four rings as opposed to Phoenix with zero. Yeah. And I think that what the referees probably had to do is because it was so chirpy, they had to do something. Maybe whatever Clay did, it didn't warrant being eject an ejection, but you had to do something to calm yeah. everyone down and go, look, we're taking control of this game right now. Otherwise, what if it gets out of hand and they start throwing blows? Exactly, exactly. I mean, Draymond Green's on the court. You know, that's not too much, you know, throwing blows, but the game can get out of hand. You know, he, he complained about one foul, and I watched a replay. I think, I'm not sure if it was eight on him or not. Well, he didn't really get fouled. He went in for a layup, and it was going off, and I think he got a tech there. And then he also had a situation with eight where he just kind of stood in his way and got barreled over, and he was complaining for a foul. And even DeAndre Ayton after the game said, yeah, just trying to get at me, just trying to get a reaction out of me and draw me into getting into trouble. And that's part you... of Draymond's game. 
did you notice they kept showing uh, DeAndre Ayton? While the trash talking was going on between uh, Clay and uh, what's his name, uh, Devin Booker. Booker, while they while that was going on, often the camera would show uh, Aiton, and he's just sitting there kind of staring at him like, he was, <laughs> go watch the uh, highlights uh, if you haven't had a chance. I don't know if you saw the highlights of the game or not, but it was, uh, it was, it was like he was waiting for something to break out. It's almost like he couldn't believe what he was watching because it didn't stop. You know, it was all quarter long. Right. And I, and I think Golden State, you get a little frustrated here and there, but it's all Draymond Green. I mean, you expect him to act like that. You don't expect Clay Thompson to respond like that. Again, something was just really bugging him, and I've never, again, I've never seen him lose his composure like that before. But it can happen. It kind of made the game uh, more enjoyable. And I, I, uh-huh. I, I even though they, they win 134-105, to 105, and I see a headline after the game somewhere nationally saying, don't overlook Phoenix, you know, they're still a really good team. Who, who would overlook Phoenix? They won 64 games last year. I know they're going to get a new owner, and that was an ugly situation, but why would anybody even think about that? They had the best team in the regular season last year. They got upset by Dallas, and, you know, you know they, they blew it. But a lot of guys were apparently sick. A couple of COVID cases, at least in the staffing there, might have affected their team in that game seven, although they didn't look as good in those first six games. But anybody who's not picking Phoenix as a possible NBA Finals team, I don't think is watching basketball. The, the only real difference from last year, they don't have Jay Crowder. And they will trade him. They turned down a Duncan Robinson trade for him. I still don't know why they want to get rid of him. I know Cam Johnson's moving into his role. But they're basically the same team as last year that did all that except in the playoffs. I, I think they've got to be one of the who, – who else is better in the West besides Golden State? The Lakers! <laughs> Come on! <laughs> but I, I just find in that the West? Kind of fun. Yeah. You could argue the Golden State Warriors. I, know I said you besides Golden State. Oh. Golden State and Phoenix is about it. As far as the top two teams, the other, Dallas is going to be up there. New Orleans is definitely better. Denver is healthy with Jamal Murray. There's other teams that are good. The Clippers should be better with you know Kawhi and Paul okay, George. But, but is Denver a finals team? Is Denver going to be in the finals? I can see uh, them a Western Conference Finals team. Yeah, I, I don't know that. I don't know that Dallas is in the finals. I mean, they 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 went on a run and nobody could stop uh, Luka Doncic, but he's just one guy, and that's all the Mavericks are really is one guy and some role players. Spencer did what he's uh, been star The New Orleans Pelicans. You know, these uh, Brandon Ingram is, I don't know his situation. I know that Williamson could back, oh, could be back pretty soon. So, yeah, um, Brandon Ingram's in concussion protocol. Thank you, Tanner. He'll be back soon. I mean, these guys are, you know, you might want to look at the Pelicans. I don't think they're a team that would go to the Western Conference Finals, and they are getting better. Uh, Memphis is the other team with John Morant. Oh, yeah. Just, unbel- just keeps getting better and better and just unbelievable. One of the tougher players to stop or defend in the NBA. And at his size, even more amazing. It reminds me a little bit of Iverson where he doesn't have the side but can still drive on anybody. Definitely different, but they're so effective that way. But I still – I mean, I, I think Denver would have a chance to go to the Western Conference Finals. you got the two-time MVP, Jokic. Yeah, uh, Western Conference Finals, yeah. And, again, Jamal Murray was great up until, you know, he getting hurt and he missed all of last year. So, I mean, they, but the good thing is there's a whole bunch of teams in the mix. And who haven't we mentioned? The Lakers. Which is who, who, uh, we also haven't mentioned the Clippers. I mentioned the Clippers. I said with Paul George. No, and no, no. I meant, I'm saying that right now the Clippers are not who we thought they were. 
I think they I think they're going to be better. You got John Wall, you got Kawhi oh, Leonard sure. that you didn't have. Yeah, last you'll year. be better when these guys come back, but you know we'll see. I mean they're they're two and two right now, and I don't. Somebody is they're on playing. I guess they're kind of on. Um, their minutes aren't. They're on a like a pitch count. What do you minute call it? Minute restriction. That? Minute restriction. Minute restriction. Thank you very much. Anyway, that's all the time we have for today. Kanoa Leahy at twelve noon. Josh Pacheco at three o'clock. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 6 on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM.